DDCO at the plate, he's over for 2 today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And we have for you an exciting minor league episode. On Saturday, September 11th, we went to the Beloit Snappers versus the South Bend Cubs up in Beloit, Wisconsin. So we're going to have the recap of that for you. But now we're going to do our episode 135, guys, since it's episode 135. So Jeremy, who do you have? Well, Jack, I uh, hate to get political right off the top, <laughs> right within the less than a minute of the episode. But um, my guy, my number one thirty-five guy, is none other than Luke Scott. Oh yeah, okay, Luke Scott. I was I was looking at him because I did. Uh, you know, he was on my radar. Uh, okay. You know, from just being a recent guy. Uh, so what do you, what do you have to say about Luke Scott? Um, well, I don't even. I didn't even actually pull up his stats. I guess I should pull those up just for posterity. Um, he's. Okay, 43. Um, so Luke Scott was a former outfielder, DH, I guess, first base he played. Um, I mainly remember him from the Orioles, mm-hmm. uh, but he played a couple years, four years with the Orioles, three years with the Astros, two with the Rays. He played from 05 to 2013, um, and he had 135 home runs. Um, the You know, completely unremarkable uh, guy, I would say. Um, a career 260, no, a career 258 hitter. Um, but what's what what he's what I remember Luke Scott for is that he was a birther. He was an Obama birther. Do you oh, this, so Jack? he he thought uh, you know he wanted to see proof of Obama's birth certificate. Yes, uh, I I was gonna say you know he thought he was not born in this country. I would say he believed that he wasn't born in this country. Um, so, yeah, but, like, you know, this was early on, and, you know, some could say that this sparked the, uh, you know, what ended up happening with, with Trump and the Trump presidency and everything, because Trump also was a, a birther. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was just, like, an outspoken birther um, in, like, the year 2010. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even really – there's a lot of stories about it. I found this one article, which I'm going to have to go back and read. It's from Slate.com, and the ar- title of the article is The Luke Scott Problem. I know why I cheer for a birther moron, but why does ESPN cheer for him? I'll have to read that and see what that's, <laughs> what that's all about. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just remember this uh, story, like, you know, that this was a thing with Luke Scott. Um, one of the things that I remember about it, and it was like saying to you, Jack, before we started, I was having a tough time finding this article, but I definitely saw it on Yahoo back in the day. But someone went to a game and brought... Um, a sign like I guess Luke Scott say he was playing left field. There was someone out in the bleachers in left field, and they had a big sign that said like, "Hey, Luke Scott, I have Obama's birth certificate," and it was like a printout of like his birth certificate, like blown up like the size of like a big sign. Wow! Um, and they were like holding it up to him. Um, and uh, I don't know. I didn't see the, the actual game, so I don't know if he like fucking flicked them off or something. But um, but yeah, like I just remember that whole saga and just thinking like how absurd that that was. Um, and then, uh, you know, I guess we, they, we, you know what happened from there. But, uh, but yeah, uh, just uh, one of those early guys who did that. Um, I think it's a shame that there's another guy who's 
uh, number 135 on this list that shares a home run total with, with this guy. I don't want to say his name in case you're doing him, Jack, but, um, yeah, that's Luke Scott, and that's pretty much all I have to say about him. Oh, geez, I'm actually – I'm not doing him. I'm doing a pitcher who is – oh, yeah, Tony Gwynn. Oh, uh, Tony yeah, Gwynn. Yeah. It's there you go. Like, so what a, what a fucking shame that is that Tony Gwynn and Luke Scott have the same amount of home runs uh, <laughs> to, to, to uh, polar opposite kind of guys. But, um, yeah, uh, but uh, we all know who, who is better between those two. But, yeah, okay, so that's, that's Luke Scott. Nice. Um, one, one quote I'm reading from an article here is uh, they asked him about his comments uh, and if he'd like to take anything back. And he said, I felt tremendous about what I said and I was proud of it. If I could rewind and turn back the clock and go do it again, I'd say the exact same thing. I'd go home and put my head on the pillow and feel wonderful about myself. But but certain things were taken and twisted. So, um, oh, yeah. Okay. Right, uh, <laughs> Luke Scott, yeah. Uh, definitely a member of the Danny Amendola Great Guy Club. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I would say, regardless of what your uh, political beliefs are, I feel like you want your outfielder, your player, worrying more about baseball than... <laughs> Than, the birth, than where your president was born. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> um, so, Jeremy, my uh, my 135 guy is Johnny Cueto. Nice. All yeah, right. he currently, yeah, this is one of the first times I think we've currently uh, had a current player uh, for this. But, you know, yeah. Johnny Cueto, you might as well not even know that he's still playing. Even, <laughs> right. though, even though he's on a, a first, he's on the best team in baseball and yeah. he started 21 games for them. Uh, you never You never hear his name mentioned as being part of that team. I haven't seen him pitch an inning uh, probably since that 2016 Cubs-Lester uh, game, you know, in the playoffs. You were at that mm-hmm. game, right, Jeremy? Yep. yep. Yeah, I think that was probably the last time I saw him pitch, and that was five seasons ago. Um, but he's been on the Giants this whole time. Uh, he actually threw five complete games that year in 2016. That's pretty good. He was all, When he was healthy, he was always a workhorse. He was always an innings eater. But, um, yeah, he just he, he was really good with the Reds. Uh, won a World Series with the Royals in 2015, and, and then he just completely fell off the map when he signed with the Giants. Uh, he is on the 10-day IL right now, but he is still he is still pitching. Um, but he was you know he was one of the top pitchers in the league for a period of about two to three years, and and that's uh, that's really not the case anymore. He's kind of like the Andrew McCutcheon of of pitchers. Mm, yeah. Which something to be said for San Francisco in that regard. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, McCutcheon was on San Francisco as well. I remember we saw Johnny Cueto pitch uh, the first game of a of a red of a Reds White Sox doubleheader that we were both late to. Um, but uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, he he pitched that game and the weather was super shitty that day. I remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, geez, God, that's a fucking ancient memory. It is, um, it is. And I think we attended that game with Mark Bubblebath. And I, I want to say that uh, later on we went to uh, Lizard Lounge after the game was over and we uh, saw a replay of Chris Bryant's first home run, which had been hit in Milwaukee. Jesus, that's a, you got a hell of a memory, Jerry. That's Yeah, that's it, was a memorable, uh, it was a memorable day of baseball. Yeah, very nice. Um I, of course, Jack, being a, a Cardinals fan, will never uh, forgive uh, Johnny Cueto for ruining Jason LaRue's career when they had that big brawl. Right, yeah, he kicked Jason LaRue in the head, right? <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll always remember that, like, for of Johnny Cueto. Like, um, he, so there was that brawl between um, Brandon Phillips and Yadi Molina, I believe it was, right? Uh-huh. Which started in a weird way anyway, because like Brandon, they showed like Brandon Phillips came out and then he like, 
it's weird like how the batters will like sometimes like take their bat and tap the ground and then tap the catcher um and then like you know like they'll he'll like hit the catcher like on the chest protector or something or on the shin guards uh and then like they did that and then they had words and then it started like a brawl um i don't know if it like reignited later and that's when the big brouhaha happened but at some point in that brawl, it was like it was it was getting nasty, and it was like getting it was getting the the whole pile was getting pushed to like the backstop, and Johnny Cueto was like pinned up against the, the net behind home plate, and he was like he just he just like leaned back, lifted his legs up, and started like bicycle pumping like his his fucking feet, and like just said whoever was near him, and he ended up like nailing Jason Leroux in the head, gave him a concussion, and he never played again, and. Uh, he never and Cardinals fans blame Johnny Cueto for that, as if fucking Jason Larue was like fucking like, uh, you know Tony Canigliaro or something or like some kind of or like, I'm sure there's a better example, but like, the guy was probably never gonna play anyway. Anyway, he, he wasn't. Um, I I do recall. I don't remember why I came across this article, but I it was it was from a couple of years ago. But I think Jason Larue is still kind of fucked up. Because of that kick, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, uh, you know, it fucked his life up a little bit, uh, or a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, Johnny Cueto's still pitching, so uh, you know, I guess life life isn't fair. I guess I still would. I'd like to know how many times Jason Leroux got hit in the head by like foul tips, <laughs> though, because like I, I don't, the whole thing doesn't add up to me. But I don't know, Jeremy. These one thirty five guys were downers today. I know, right? Shit, we gotta. Yeah, Good lord, let's move on to Beloit. Yeah, well, yeah, let's recap the game, uh, which which was was more of a yeah more of an upper, I would say. Oh yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, so it was it was we we went back to a Beloit site of uh, oh I don't even know what episode it was I want to say it was like episode eight or something of this podcast. It very, was very early yeah, episode, very early on for sure. Um, Jack, if just as a slight memory recall, like I don't know if you remember this, but. When we recorded the Beloit game uh, back uh, in 2018, uh, it was episode number five. Uh, we went in May May 18th, 2018. Okay. Uh, my laptop broke during that that recording. Oh, and, uh, that's right. Yeah, we thought we were uh, gonna lose the whole episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, uh, I ended up like buying a whole new laptop after that. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was it was a memorable game for that for sure but uh if you recall like when we went to the void snappers I, f- I feel like the big thing there was the autograph freaks it's when we ter- coined the term autograph freaks uh these like these guys with like cards like like binders of of like eight 12 whatever a bunch of eight by tens of of guys having them sign it like demanding that they sign them um or else you know they would like fucking talk shit about them on like a reddit board or something <laughs> um so the, and we, we it was it was the early memories of like us like taking the player side for sure over the fans um and then if you follow the 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 history of rain delay theater you know that in recent episodes we've uh, been you, you can see us spotted you can spot us uh, hanging around uh the visitors bus after cubs games so uh things have evolved since then so we'll see how how uh this game played into that whole story arc yeah, we used to we took the players' side against fans in that one. I'm not, I'm not sure whose side we take now. Um, I, I don't oh, even I think know. We're, 
I think we're definitely a players, a pro players uh, podcast at this point. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Um, well, we uh, uh, so it, it was very early on. It was three years. It's been three years since we'd been to a Snappers game. Over over that, more than that. Um, yeah. So we uh, we Jeremy uh, we drove there. We left about three p.m. Uh, for a six thirty-five p.m. start on Saturday, September eleventh. Um, and as we were driving. Uh, to the freeway. It, um, it was hellish getting out of the city. We should. It was. Say. Just, it was. We're kind of in like a, some. Oh yeah, did, we're in a dead zone for the for the expressway. Yeah, and then uh, there was a, a German fest going on too. There was a German fest with a parade which, which shut down like one of the major roads by us. Uh, there was like an art fair like walk where like part of that road was shut down to where I would go to pick Jack up. So it was it was a pain in the ass getting out of the city. Uh, but yeah, there was a German fest for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, we approached a, an intersection, uh, just about ready to get out of like the, the hot zone. And what did we see, Jack? Yeah, we saw what we deemed the total package. Uh, so it was this guy with a, with his wife and his, his daughter, um, who was probably about eight years old and he was holding his daughter's hand in one hand and in, in his other hand, he had a huge glass of beer that he was just drinking as he walked down the street. He had a bear's shirt on. Um, yep, and he had a, he had a he had a, a ball cap on, but attached to the ball cap was a German flag. Even though this guy didn't look German at all. No, and, no, didn't. <laughs> no, not at all. So yeah, he was holding his daughter's hand while he was uh, while he was just drinking a beer and walking down the street, uh, which is illegal. Uh, you're not supposed yeah. to just uh, have an open container right. as you walk not, down the sidewalk. We're not recording this podcast in New Orleans or Las Vegas <laughs> or whatever. This is in Chicago. There's no, you can't have a fucking open container on the streets. Um, Jack, was there also a stroller involved too, or am I just thinking of the little girl? It, it's possible that the wife had a stroller she was pushing. I feel like there was because it was just like so. Yeah, so yeah, open container, non-authentic German hat, uh, a German flag, like like endangering their, his children. <laughs> uh, th- that's why we we named this guy the total package. Just like um, you know, you thought you may have thought that Lex Luger was a total package, but no, it's this guy walking yeah. around uh, Lincoln Square. Yeah, non-authentic German flag, and for a non-authentic German guy, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that that was why it took us so long to get out of the city. It must have taken us forty minutes to uh, to to get out of the, to get onto the freeway. But yeah, uh, yeah. finally, we we uh, we got on the freeway. We actually made pretty good time to the ballpark. We arrived around five-ish p.m., a little after five. Um, and Jeremy was adamant about not wanting to pay for parking. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I didn't want to pay for parking. It, it seems absurd to pay for parking, uh, especially we should say that like so Beloit has has moved stadiums at this point. If you recall back to episode five, if you've been with us that long or you want to go back and listen to that, um, the last ballpark where the the uh, Beloit Snappers played was basically equivalent to like a Wisconsin park district. Like it looked like we were just going to the park. Um, like the like a park like for kids where kids play. But yeah, it was and, and like going to the yeah. park to watch a little league game because the the bleachers at the old Beloit Stadium consisted about like you know a, a high rise of bleachers that went like ten up. Um, yeah, I feel like there's more s- seating in the uh, movie version of Field of Dreams. Yeah, right. Um, and and the uh, there's just it, it was just your typical crappy minor league stadium from like the 80s where there was just nothing beyond it and like the the outfield wall was just entirely ads uh, for different things. Um, mm. It was a yeah it was it was a it was a dump basically. Um, it was, but a, but a cool dump in, in the sense that it was so 
weird and unique. But we also, I said to Jack, you know, it's not like we were going there like 40 games a year or something. We would, we were going once every, we only went once. So right. I, I suppose if that was your home ballpark, you would maybe be clamoring for an up, update. What's strange, what was strange about that park too was that when you were parking, you could kind of just park on the street like in front of houses because Dude, like was, like a park, yeah. it was just in the middle of a bunch of houses in a neighborhood. Yeah, in a, in a residential area. It was like I was going over to my friend's house to like, you know, play PlayStation or something. <laughs> uh, but we were going to see a baseball game, a major or, or like a affiliated major or minor league baseball game. So they, now they've they've moved uh, the ABC Supply Stadium, I believe it's called. Um, and uh, it's in a different location. So I wasn't they, there's like this weird map, this weird like pictogram map. Like it's not like a a, a a detailed map uh, on the snappers website and it was like park here it said off street parking and on street parking and it made it seem like you know the off street parking was paid and i'm like well i'll just park on the street so we get there and we're like driving around we see the stadium it's cool there's some people lined up whatever um but like there's no like it's not super clear where to park um and I remember a couple like landmarks where they said like street names where you could park and we drove by there and it was in a residential neighborhood, but it looked a little seedy and where I didn't want to park a car, my car and there were no cars parked anywhere to like signal that this was a place that is safe to park. So it was super confusing. We drove around uh, the stadium like completely a couple times or like, well, at least once. And like we saw spots that were like that had the paint on the asphalt, like with the markers of where to park. So it seemed pretty clear that that's where you park, but there was not a single car parked at the whole time we drove. So it's like, I don't know for sure. I can't like follow this other car. We ended up driving by the stadium and there was this like parking lot that was attached. It was like the city, it was the Beloit city hall. And there were like car, there was like police cars parked in there, but also like there was a several dozen people waiting already. There's probably maybe like, 30 40 people waiting to get in and it's like they had to have parked somewhere so i'm like i guess you just park here so i just parked my car there yeah you couldn't have paid for parking if you tried to it was free yeah no absolutely and then and it makes me feel like a like a like i feel like if i would have asked someone like hey where do i park or where do i pay for parking they would have been like oh city boy like (laughs) you don't pay for parking here like <laughs> whatever and like i i feel like i would have gotten like you know harassed or something so i was like i was just like i gave like a once over of like anyone with any sort of credit card or dollar bill in their hand or anything and it's like there was none so like we just walked to uh we just parked the car and headed towards the stadium i will say jeremy there was an old guy standing at the front of that parking lot on the sidewalk who who had the oh, yes. he he carried it like he was a parking attendant but <laughs> right. he was not he was just some old guy in like a and he was even wearing like a uh, you know he's wearing a snapper's hat yeah. and then he had on a green polo shirt and short yeah. like tucked into blue shorts like the guy looked like he was a stadium employee but he wasn't he wasn't a stadium employee but he was like watching the cars with like a hawk yeah. um very strange. Like, hey, maybe that was his way of like trying to like a, playing a con, you know? Like, uh, like yeah. you, you know, I was almost like ready to be like, we should drive up to that guy and ask him if you know where we pay for parking. So just hand him a five and be like, right. here, here you go, sir. Well, thank you very much, son. Park around anywhere you like. Yeah. So that, that was uh, so that was a little strange. But anyway, we uh, we got a pretty good a pretty good parking space. 
Um, yeah. The stadium, the stadium was right on the river, which was kind of cool. I, uh, I assume that was. We would later find out that that was the Rock River. Did not know what that was called. I believe. I believe so. We did actually didn't confirm that, but it, did all signs would point to that. I would say. But yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it's actually a very cool stadium when you go inside because you know uh, if you walk down the left field line, you you can look over the river. Um, it's it's really quite a nice view. Uh, way way better than being built in a park district. So uh, the, I was very impressed with ABC Supply Stadium. Um, in general, it it kind of uh, it seems like a lot of minor league stadiums have sort of gone this way, where uh, you know they'll have the concourse that you can walk all the way around. They'll mm-hmm. have uh, in left field. They'll have like some some grass seating. I think that uh, the Schaumburg Stadium we went to had that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's just in general, it, it's got it's got a very similar vibe to when we went to a game in Lansing. Uh, same as Kane, South, Co- yeah, South, South Bend, Bend, Kane County. Uh, all of those stadiums are very very similar um, to the point where it seems like the teams are probably hiring the same architecture firm to do all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, but it, it was good. It was a, it was a really nice stadium, and, and the outside, the exterior of it almost looked like a train station, which uh, sort of led Jeremy and I to speculate that the Snappers are rebranding. Um, after this season ends, and maybe they'll be like the Beloit conductors. Yeah, conductors, locomotives, uh, choo-choos, I I don't know. Um, But, yeah, it would be interesting to see. Um, There's also, like, there. I think feel like there's a bouncy castle, like, maybe out there, too. And and when Jack says you can, the concourse goes all around, it goes all around, like, even behind um, center field. Like, so it goes, you can walk along there and, like... um, you, we actually walked around. Uh, we did a lap. We got there early enough to do a lap. We got to see some um, Cubs pitchers warming up, uh, and then we got to see the um, the the uh, Beloit Snappers pitcher warm up as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. There was like there was some like food, um, like some like independent like food places that set up outside, like on the right field uh, concourse where you could buy food from, uh, or you could buy the food like inside or like you know i guess within the stadium like uh they had their um their stands uh we i think we both came hungry uh we did jack, for, folks jack is on a jack is a, has a streak going he's got a hit an eating streak going a, a, a cal ripkin like uh eating streak um, yeah i mean this is something like we haven't really i don't know if we've we've talked enough about it but i think jack's eaten it every like at, at like five, four or five consecutive games. Yeah, so it's uh, it's something, man. It's not it's not Wander Franco reaching base in, in forty straight, but it's uh, you know we're getting there. So yeah, you're I was crushing the over under. That's yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I just I I got a sausage tonight. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I mean, I yeah. just I absolutely housed that sausage, man. Um, <laughs> I really did. I do every time. Um, uh, but Jeremy, yeah, let's talk about the food selections. For yeah. a second, um, uh, it, the food selection was good. They had a, a taco stand. They had a, just a re, you know your regular ballpark fare like nachos and uh, hot dogs. They had a special stand just for sausages. Um, that was that was really cool as well. We would uh, ultimately end up going there. Um, they had chicken and waffles. Uh, yeah, it was the whole thing, man. Um, uh, and yeah. and the, uh, the food decision was not to be taken lightly. Uh, also, when we first arrived, there were no lines at the food uh, section. We would later come to regret uh, the decision of not buying then. Not jumping right on it. Yeah, no. I think, um, yeah, it was. we were going to do a lap, and then, like, um, I wanted to go into the gift shop, which um, 
Oh man, what was the gift shop called? It was like Snappy's Den or the Turtle or the Shell Shop or something. Oh man, like that. I didn't see, I didn't see the name. I think it was called the Shell Shop or the okay. Shell Stop or okay. something like that. Um, I'm trying to. I'm looking in. Uh, they. So one thing we're jumping around a little bit, but they um, they gave away this this kind of cool uh, program, um, printed on newsprint, but still pretty cool. Um, and uh, it actually has pictures of some of the food in there too. Um, so one of the things that they had um, was oh damn, it actually has the whole menu here. Wow. Oh wow! It really okay. So um, yeah, El Jefe Street Tacos, Sausage House, Wisco on a Stick, Pullman's, Big Philly, the Meatball. Um, Wisco on a Stick had this thing called the Caveman Pork Shank, and um, it was kind of a hot day. It's definitely a hot day for September, I feel, um, or relatively speaking, because it had been kind of cool uh, in Chicago and uh, the area. Uh, but it was like it got into like the high 80s, I think, uh, on the day that we were there. But if it were a little cooler, I would have went for this pork shank. There's a picture of it, and it it I feel like it's an apt title, the caveman pork shank. It looks like. It looks like a big drumstick. It's like a big bone with a bunch of pork on it. I mean, like... Why, why, that, Jeremy, what, what did the heat have to do with you not getting the pork shank? I mean, I just... I was already sweating. I just felt like... I mean, do you, do you lose your appetite when you're, like, fucking sweating profusely? I feel like I, I do. I, 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 I don't have the, I, the desire to eat much, let alone something hot, let alone a big fucking, like, caveman pork bone, like a bone with pork on it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I once had a friend whose relative claimed that it was too goddamn hot for chicken outside. So, <laughs> I, I mean, some some food just isn't good uh, in yeah. in hot weather, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I mean, yeah, like uh, sometimes I like to yeah, like sometimes I'll try to like offset some of these like pork shanks or pizza burger things like with like you know a, a, a light soup or something but in the summer it's 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 hard to do that you, you don't want to have soup during the summer so sure it can be rough um but yeah so we end uh i guess we'll, we'll get to the food in a second um but uh but yeah so uh, we'll, we'll talk more about this 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 program and, and all that stuff so we you know you get there um i have to say minor league stadiums are pretty good about handing out like score sheets and rosters and stuff like that probably because um the people there are a little more hardcore also like you you probably don't know the players so they they there's more of a a push to like identify them all so you can like have a sheet to to identify them so we we went we found like this kind of like customer service customer relations window we went over there and they had the score sheets there um and uh there were like three workers there uh, one of the guys, it was, this was like a flurry. This is one of, again, you, you walk into a place and there's, you just get hit from all sides with things. And it's like, it's hard to like keep track of it all. But there were th- like two or three workers behind the, there were three workers, I believe behind the desk. Uh, there's a man in the middle uh, who's wearing a brewer's hat. There was a woman to his left and then there was a woman to his right. And, um, we went over and like, it would be nice if you could just walk over and get a score sheet, but that did that they don't they don't let you get away without having a, a little conversation. <laughs> so um, the guy was wearing a, a brewer's hat, like the the kind of the is it the throwback one? It was the throwback one, isn't it? The lighter it was like the lighter blue uh, mitt and ball logo. Uh, right? You know his his one might have been modern. It might have been the same as mine. Um, okay. So, so which is surprising, because he didn't look like the you know the type of guy who would have something like that. Um, right. you know, he was, he was like a taller guy. He kind of had like, 
you know, the vibes of like uh, the lead singer of Peter, Paul and Mary, like the tall guy. <laughs> so he was just, yeah, I mean, like just kind of a, uh, you know, like a outgoing, wholesome. like wholesome, like sort of like strange guy. Um, <laughs> like even, so even, you know, he, he, he gave us his whole spiel, but then like I realized as I walked away that I had forgotten to grab a roster. So I was like, oh shit, I got to go back and like get a roster yeah. from this guy. I don't want to talk to him again. So I, you know, I went back there and I was like, I just real quick said, Hey, can I grab one of these? And he went, of course you can. Oh boy. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was not great, but, uh, yeah. So they, they made a big deal out of our hats. Um, they said Jeremy, they identified him as being a Cubs fan. I think he said, you said we were from Chicago, well, right? No, here, here, here. So, so this is what happened. So like we walk up, Jack's wearing his Brewers hat. I'm wearing my South Bend Cubs hat, which I've been wearing most of the time. It's become my favorite hat. Um, and he's like, and he he saw us and he's like, Oh, uh, I like, uh, I like what's going on here. I, I like, I like the hat situation. Like he didn't even say it like it. Like he was like, I like the hats or whatever, because it, it's like we were together and it's like, Hey, one guy's a Milwaukee fan. One guy's a south bend cubs fan or a cubs fan whatever and we we're like oh yeah all right yep yep <laughs> you know whatever and uh the guy said to us he's like so where are you from and i said oh we're from chicago and out of nowhere i hear this lady go oh chicago boo 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 and i i looked at her and then i looked over and there's this like fucking like diminutive like lady in her like late 60s or something um just some like wisconsin yokel i jack uh, you know give me permission to call this lady a wisconsin yokel please oh sure yeah (laughs) um (laughs) she was just like oh boo chicago boo which like i don't know why like i have a feeling i i feel like there might have been a political motivation of why she was booing chicago but i'm not quite sure but um i mean okay she was booing chicago for whatever reason but it's like I didn't just, I didn't say like, I'm from Chicago, motherfucker, or something like, you know, like, I was like, oh, we're from Chicago, and she's just like, boo, boo, and I, and she looked like an aunt, she looked like someone's aunt, or maybe someone's, like, grandmother or something, um, and uh, I looked at her, and I'm like, huh, yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, you know, whatever, like, I don't know what she wanted, but, like, I wasn't gonna give her anything, and, like, I think that was my best retort, because I just made her... Well, then she uh, turned there, to she turned to me then, and yeah, she yeah, saw, yeah, yeah. she saw my hat, and she said, "Oh, I don't know who to root for tonight. The Brewers or the Badgers? They're both playing." She um, said, "I didn't know which hat to wear, or like what what oh, clothes to wear." Oh, did she say wear. she didn't know which which hat? Is that what she said? Like yeah, you she said, said well, you're hit with you're hit with too much, Jeremy. Yeah, 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 exactly. She was like, "Oh, I didn't know what to wear. The Brewers or Badgers? They're both playing tonight." And it's like, "Okay, great." It's like, "Who fucking asked you anything, lady?" No one has no one engaged you and you're booing me. You're telling this guy about your wardrobe choices like shove off lady. Go get a fucking caveman shank and sit in the corner and eat it. Leave us alone. Like anyway. So but then as all that's happening, Jack, you you, I'm sure you didn't hear this. But the lady to the right of the guy, the brewer's guy behind the concession or behind the desk. She was like, and what is your zip code? Like they were like taking like a poll of like where people had come from for like marketing purposes or something. Did and so like her? this lady, yeah, I said, I said, yeah, six Oh six one eight. Like that's our zip code. Uh-huh. And 
it was like and she's like thank you and like but like the whole time like you got brewers man you got this like anti-chicago lady and it was like what the hell's going on here like so yeah we were just like let's get like they're being too friendly these people are being too friendly this lady is being antagonistic uh let's just get our stuff and get out of here so we did that we got our um our score cards our, our score sheets and and got there jack uh we we wandered over to the food um and then the, the lines were really short we were both it's kind of funny we were both like hungry and and parched like the whole drive up there we and we we didn't even stop for gas and got we both got a drink but Jack was still Jack still had to top off so he he got a drink yeah um, I was that and that was uh that drink sort of it it boded ill for what was to come at the concession yeah. stand because I saw this uh, this big can of aha water. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they, they have those in the vending machines at my work and it's, it's just, oh, spa- okay. it's just sparkling water. In my opinion, it's better than LaCroix. I, I'm a big sparkling water fan. Um, sure. I'll usually choose sparkling water over soda just because it's, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's good. There's no calories. You still get the carbonation. It's, uh, yeah, good stuff. So I wanted this aha water, but it was like, it was this incongruous thing in the cooler because it was the only one they had. So I, really? I, I went, yeah, I went up there and I pointed at it and I was like, Hey, can I get that, uh, aha water? And like this lady could not figure out how to ring me up for it. Oh um, no. Yeah. Uh, that's so, why, that's probably why you had those problems with this lady. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that was someone who like, they brought that themselves and they were going to drink that like from home and they were going to drink that <laughs> on their break. <laughs> and then she sold it to you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, finally, after, you know, uh, <coughs> a lot of struggles, she was able to ring me up for it. So, yeah, I, I got it, but that was definitely a, a bad first impression of that, um, it was know, a, It was like a sign of things to come. It was. It was. So we, uh, we, we went and we sat in our seats briefly. Um, uh, our seats were good. They were down the left field line in the first row, uh, right past the South Bend Cubs dugout um yeah. and actually we saw walking into the dugout must have been from a throwing session we saw dj hers um who's a rising prospect in the cubs organization we also saw jordan wicks who was the first uh, first round pick for the cubs this year that's right yeah yeah and at first we, we just saw wicks and i was like should i say something to him? like i wanted to yell something like encouraging to him uh but i didn't um or even get his autograph but um but yeah uh so so yeah um they were awesome seats, um, but we were like, I wanted to go in the gift shop, but Jack had the drink, so we we're like, well, let's just sit down and then, you know, finish the drink. We still had plenty of time, uh, and then we'll go in the gift shop. Then we, that's when we ended up doing the lap. We saw a Cubs pitcher warming up. Um, it was kind of interesting. They were using, I, th- it has to be like the Rapsodo machine. I, I don't know what it was, but he was pitching, um, and they had this little like wedge halfway between the mound and the uh, the the catcher uh like the plate like in the bullpen and it was like a camera pointing up and behind the pitcher was a tripod uh with a camera on top of it or something and uh a a laptop and uh they were like you know charting they were like watching this guy's pitches or whatever um and so it was kind of funny like the 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 cubs bullpen guys like were like monitoring this tech stuff and then like at some point they like the pitching session was over, so they gathered halfway in between to, like, talk it over or whatever. And, like, the guys just, like, put the laptop and the iPad down, like, on the pitching mound. So it's, like, sitting in, like, this, like, gravel, like, dirt, uh, like, while they're talking about this stuff. It's, like, yeah, that's, like, how 
that's how like baseball players treat like a laptop is just put it like in in the dirt which is kind of funny yeah it looked like a nice laptop too it was like a macbook or something like that and these guys are just you know these guys are just roughhousing with it <laughs> yeah for sure um but uh but yeah we watched the uh, watched the pitcher pitch a little bit and like you know it's kind of cool to, to be that close actually by the white Sox, you can you can kind of do something similar but this where we're like right over the pitcher um, we, like we could have thrown like a peanut or or a, or a straw. We could have, uh, you know, uh, blew a straw wrapper on this pitcher. <laughs> uh, call back to last week's episode. Right. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah. So it was it was cool to see that up close, just to see a pitcher like fucking like just winging it. Um, uh, close up. So that was cool. Kept walking around. We saw the uh, pitcher for the uh, Boyd Snappers, Yuri Perez, come out and start stretching, getting ready to warm up. Um, we ended up heading, uh, making the full circle, and then heading to the gift shop. And um, it was kind of, uh, it was there is there wasn't really much going on there. They they it's kind of funny because the the snappers are now a uh, Marlins affiliate. Back when we saw them in 2018, they were an A's affiliate. Um, so they had like a prerequisite like Marlins shirts in there. Uh, I don't. I didn't see one person with any Marlins gear. At hey, all. no, actually, so Jeremy, I was going to say, did you see the guy with the Adam Duvall Marlins jersey? No, really. Yeah, there was a dude with a Duvall Marlins jersey. So that was wow. a. Uh, yeah, and what's funny is Adam Duvall isn't even on the Marlins anymore. No, we we had a we had an extended conversation about Adam Duvall uh, on the way up to 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 Beloit. Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. No. I didn't. Did not see that guy. Um. But uh, but yeah, so like it was also 30 percent off all items in the gift shop because the snappers are changing their name uh, at the end of the year, um, which I think we talked about that last episode. So, you know, they're 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 just trying to get rid of even all the snappers gear. Um, and it would have been cool to maybe get some kind of snappers thing. I probably well, I wasn't going to wear that hat anyway. They're, they're, they had a the only thing that looked remotely cool to me was like a snappers um, winter hat. Uh, with with Snappy the the, the turtle uh, mascot on it, uh, but uh, yeah, not not super interesting. One thing that I, I have a feeling they're gonna be selling at clearance um, uh, next year. They had Snappy, they had a Snapper's uh, mask on. Yeah, and, uh, are they, uh, yeah, a Snapper's like yeah, mask, uh, COVID mask basically. Yeah, Jeremy, I I made the comment that uh, if you were to bring your mask, <laughs> try to bring your mask into the stadium, they wouldn't let you in. That's right. And I also think you said that uh, that mask is definitely the lowest selling item. Yes. <laughs> in that gift shop. Uh, so, so yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. I think it would be kind of funny to be walking around. I'm not super into, like, branded masks, uh, but uh, one with Snappy the turtle on it would be kind of funny. Um, but, uh, but one thing we noticed as we were walking around, too, like, certainly I guess there was one Marlins fan. Uh, I guess if that's I guess if that's what it takes to be a Marlins fan. But there were also like there was a serious lack of Brewers people as well. Jack with the Brewers hat and the, and our friend uh, at the customer service window for a while looked like the only two other guys who were repping the Brewers in in Wisconsin. I know so it's this Beloit is like is like literally right across the border. But um, still figured there would be some some Brewers fans there. There was one guy coming in with a Yelich jersey, but that's kind of all I saw. Yeah, I saw I saw Yankees jersey as well, but it was just it was kind of a baseball neutral, um, in a, in a strange way. I, I I would have figured Jeremy that I would we would have seen more Brewers gear just considering how good the team is this year. Yeah, you think people yeah. would be really hyped to wear their Brewers stuff to a baseball game in Wisconsin? Um, apparently that's not the case. Uh, I do I do know I did know someone from Beloit. Uh, well, they were some 
they were from South Beloit, but they were uh, they were a Cubs fan. So um, and I think South Beloit is in Illinois. So I don't I don't know who folks root for there, but I, I would assume it's still the Brewers. The Be- the Be- Brewers used to have their Class A affiliate in Beloit. Used to be the Beloit Brewers for a long time. Even Prince Fielder, uh, he played there. So that was it. Was even as recently as about you know fifteen twenty years ago. So uh, yeah, but very odd. I was I was one of the only people repping a repping a Brewers jersey. Yeah, for sure. Or, uh, um, or a Brewers hat. Yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that was interesting. Um, uh, so the, the, the actual like game started, you know, starting up here. Um, and, uh, we were quite taken by the, uh, the brewer or the, uh, snappers PA announcer. Yeah. He, he sounded like Johnny Carson. Like he literally sounded like Johnny Carson. He was like, next up for the snappers, your left fielder, Thomas Jones. Like <laughs> that was what he fucking sounded like. Nice, yeah, uh, no doubt. Um, it sounded it sounded like a guy trying to do uh, a Johnny Carson impersonation, um, and it's weird. It was we re- commented that it was a pretty unique um, sound, uh, voice of a PA guy, and I even moreover than that, um, he also was like oddly familiar, like laid back, like casual, like he'd say like, "All right, fan, all right, folks." Coming up now, let's give him a round of applause. The left fielder, <laughs> like he would, he would like insert like editorial comments and stuff. He's like, "This guy's uh, doing really great this year, and let's show him the support." Here he is, the first baseman, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. And it was it was really weird. Um, so so that was odd. Uh, and then so he's like giving the whole thing. He's like, you know, welcome to this game. Uh, we're uh, uh, you know we're we're really excited to have a great crowd here tonight. And he's like, we're gonna try something new tonight. Uh, every time a, a snapper's uh, pitcher strikes out an opposing player, I want I'm gonna we're gonna do a little call and response. Uh, we're gonna get a little interactive. He's like, I'm gonna say that's another snapper strikeout, and I want you to say, "Oh snap!" <laughs> <laughs> and and then when you know a guy would strike out, look and be like, "All right, so let me get no snap." <laughs> and then so so and then like and he as he was like introducing this to uh to the crowd he was like let's let's practice let's practice it and he's like and then he did it and then everyone goes like oh snap and then uh, he's like well i think we can do a little better than that let's try it again and uh and he's like um and so he's like another snapper strikeout and then people were and then barely it was barely louder and they're like oh snap and he's like now you got it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. It was so weird. Yeah. Um, and he was yeah. making those little comments, Jeremy. He was like, yeah. and, 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 this, and this next batter hit the first ever home run at ABC Supply Stadium. Folks, let's give it up for number 22, your first baseman, Troy Johnston. Like, it was just... <laughs> Really, oh, really strange, man. Hey, you know, if uh, like a, a guy, a guy hits three home runs in a game, he gets uh, he gets invited to sit on that public address announcer's couch. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. He he gives him the wave over. He waves yeah. him over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jeremy, that's that's a, that joke is a little inside baseball. That's I don't definitely know. inside baseball. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what would be funny is if like the pitcher had like a no hitter going into the ninth. He's like, all right, guys. This pitcher is a no hitter. <laughs> let's really, let's really cheer him on so we can get that historic once in a lifetime achievement. 
Oh man, that would be that would be very funny. Um, oh. Cool. So um, that, this is funny because we did not really talk too much about this at like in person. We I think we saved this. We truly saved this one for the podcast. So yeah, good stuff. Um, so we're waiting in line at this point. The game, the first pitch now is getting rapidly closer, and this is where, like Jack said, we were really kicking ourselves because uh, the lines had gotten crazy long. Um, it's it's interesting. So ABC Field looks really cool. Um, it's really nice. I feel like they have room for expansion a little bit. It's kind of weird. Like they only have food. Uh, they only have like four food stands, and they're all pretty much concentrated behind home plate. There's none like down the lines. I feel like there may be room to add more or like make get more in the outfield or something just to try to make the. Line. Oh, that was another thing that the guy kept saying too. He's like he's like. Folks, if you're waiting, in, and this is like during an <laughs> inning, he's like, "Folks, if you're waiting in line for a beer, want to let you know that uh, the stand over in right field has got really low lines right now. So why don't you head over there?" <laughs> it's like, this is inappropriate. Like, this is not like we need to separate these things. Um, and he anyway. said he said that one like three times during the he, inning too. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, so we were in line waiting uh, to get our our sausage. We ended up deciding to go to the sausage house, uh, which I think is the right call. Like being in in, uh, in Wisconsin, you want to get a, a brat or something or or a sausage. Um, and uh, <laughs> they introduced Snappy, the snapping turtle. They're like, folks, uh, you know, uh, our mascot is here, Snappy, uh, snapping turtle. Let's, let's give him a round of applause. But uh, Jack, explain like uh, the 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 lead up to. to yeah, that. it was it was very strange. He's like, and now, folks. Emerging from the deepest depths of the Rock River, it's your favorite snapping turtle, Snappy. Like the he emerged <laughs> from the deepest depths of the Rock River. It's like fucked up, man. What is he? Some kind of mutant or something? Some kind, <laughs> some kind of monster that he's coming from the deepest depths of this river? I mean, I on one hand, I think it's cool that, that he has an origin story. Like, I think like you know, like the bear, the 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 South Bend Cubs have like a cub or whatever. Even Clark the Cub, they don't really have like an origin story for him. So I think that's kind of cool. But the subtext of all that is that there's massive uh, toxic waste in the Rock River <laughs> that has mutated this the snapping turtle into like a six foot uh, snapping turtle. So um, you know, I don't know. Uh, mascots are always good. Um, you know, this Jeremy, one, when yeah. you're talking about origin stories for mascots, I don't know how I came upon this, but I, I read that the origin story for Chuck E. Cheese, like the rat, uh, it's <laughs> like he's like he's an orphan that doesn't know what his birthday is. So he like he celebrates other kids' birthdays, like, and oh. that's why they have the show. So like, Jesus how Christ. fucked up and depressing is that, man? Um, that had to have been. That's some like fucking. That's some like. I mean. That's some like fifties shit, like some kind of like weird, like, like yeah, he's an orphan, he was never loved, and yeah, he's like fucking his... Don Draper or something, yeah, you know? Right? Yeah, exactly. His real name is Dick Whitman. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's that's bizarre. That is bizarre. Um, but yeah, uh, so there you go. Um, so what's more than just his like kind of dark? origin story is they came out and they 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 introduced him and they were playing that that weekend song that uh that fucking song i don't know what i've heard that song eight million times and i can't understand what any of the words are in it well it's it's a it's like an it's 
I feel like it was written by like a, a computer processor, like that took phrases from other hit songs. Like the the hook is like it's like ooh, I'm blinded by the light, which is mm-hmm. a fucking Manfred Mann, Bruce Springsteen song. So yeah. it's like, and the song sounds like every like any '80s song, like any '80s like synth song. So like it's like it's a fucking like completely like um manufactured hit whatever but um so they play, were playing that song not to get too music snobbish but um <laughs> uh, they were playing that song and snappy was like supposed to be dancing to it i think but it was like the most like fucking like like coma like uh catatonic dancing like ever he was like kind of shifting his weight between like one foot and the other and his hands were kind of like in the air and he made he like pointed a couple times at the camera and he was like barely moving like he was moving like his his joints were sore or something. Yeah, he was uh, just kind of he was uh, just kind of bopping around. Um, you'd think you'd yeah. think for the mascot, like they, they would have some kind of audition process to see if the person could dance, but yeah. uh, apparently that didn't happen for for whoever was wearing the snappy costume. Um, you know, Jack, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Freaks and Geeks, the, the series, but uh, there's an episode where um, uh, uh, Sam Levine's uh, character. Uh, becomes I think his name is Neil Schweiber. Uh-huh. Um, he they're at the, he becomes the mascot for the for the high school like which is like this big giant Viking head and it's not even like a body it's just like a Viking head with like arms and legs. Um, but at the beginning of the episode the the three uh, geeks are watching uh, the mascot dance and they're like uh he's like this is supposed to like be in, imbuing school spirit and it's just making me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what I would say about uh, Snappy, the snapping turtle. Uh, and then it's it's funny that the the Viking gets on a table and the table collapses and he breaks his leg and that's why Neil has to become like the uh, the mascot fill-in. But it, it was very much like that if you're familiar with that scene from from Freaks and Geeks. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, one thing I would say we can, we kind of bring this up now since we're talking about Snappy. There was this kind of like, and again, the tone is all weird, but. There's um there's a snapping turtle um like so the the snapper's logo is like snappy um doing his thing whatever he's like oh he's holding a bat and he's making like an angry face but um since this is the last year of the snappers they have a special logo um and it's it's snappy from behind so it's the back of snappy the back of his head his shell and his tail and he's holding his hat and he's tipping it to the crowd but the like the like the like details on his face almost make it look like he's like crying and he's, he's tipping his hat to the fans and it says 2021 snappers farewell season. And it's like fucking dark. Yeah. It's, it's sad, man. I mean, it, it implies that he's going back to the deepest depths of the rock river. Um, yeah. After the or last being, ga- game ends. Yeah. Or he's being put in a big, uh, you know, stock pot and being turned into a turtle soup or something. <laughs> I don't know, but like it's, it, it's, it's dark. And um, it's kind of cool. It's on the corner of our um, scorecard. I ended up getting a beer. Oh yeah, we, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So we can talk about that. But um, I, um, I ended up getting a. They have uh, spotted cow on tap, which is pretty cool. Which is like a Wisconsin only beer. It can only be sold in Wisconsin. Um, and I think I don't know what Wisconsiners think about it, but like Illinois people, like kind of flip their wig for it i think wisconsin people are kind of just like like maybe don't see the the fuss about it would that be accurate jack yeah i mean i thought it was kind of a basic thing for you to do but like you know <laughs> hey what, whatever man that's i i under i understand though i mean people that people from illinois do talk about it a lot yeah i think um what's the other one there's like 
totally normal or something or they have like a beard that's like it's it, it's even like it's it's even like downplays it's 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 uh taste but i i actually really like it it's just watery domestic beer but like i i don't know i like it it's good um so i got i got one of those beers and uh, it came in a plastic cup and the cup had the snappy logo on it, the, the the sad snappy logo. So I definitely kept that cup uh, for posterity. So pretty excited about that. Nice. Um, but yeah, so um, so we got the food. Um, we were really sweating it out that we were going to get up to the front of the line. First, the, the line took forever. The woman who we saw, uh, who de- Jack dealt with the first time, had not gotten her stuff together. She was like just totally lost, totally like just slow. And she was like, at one point, she was like, "Okay, now where were we?" <laughs> like, well, during my transaction, it was it was brutal. Um, we were, it was just we were the line was crawling, and we were like, Jack was like, "I don't know if we're gonna be back in our seat for first pitch." And we got in line a good 10, 15 minutes before. Jeremy, we I, I got in that line at six sixteen, and the game started at six thirty five, and oh, we and geez. we we barely we barely made it. Jeez, um, yeah. So it was it was going slow. I at some point when we were like on deck, I I said to Jack, I'm like, Jack, I think that we should just, you know, order together, and one of us can like, you know, uh, send like Venmo the other person money for the order, which we ended up doing. Yeah, like you uh, said, game changer it, that I'm on Venmo now, Jeremy. It is, it truly is, and it was a game changer move too, because I think that was the only reason. That's the only reason why we got out of there. Yep. Um, before first pitch, um, so we got to order just before, um, the the national anthem started. Uh, it was 9-11, so there was a moment of silence for that. So that was a whole thing. And um, God bless the woman, like, the the woman prepping the food because uh, she was, like, getting the food ready. And uh, so, like, it's, we got these sausages, and it came, came with these, like, different top. It came with this, like, red coleslaw or red uh, cabbage or whatever. And um, and, a, and a spotted cow mustard, and it was gar- yeah. a garlic sausage. Um, yeah. They, yeah. It, it, was, it was delicious, Jeremy. Right, we didn't actually say yeah. It was, they were we got we we each got the garlic sausage and like I was gonna get there was one called like the flaming sausage or something like that. It had uh, like a pepper jelly on it and um, it looked it sounded really good also. But it all but it was a chicken sausage and I'm not really crazy about the chicken. The it's called the the sausage or the 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 heater sausage. I'm not too crazy about chicken sausages. I, they just don't taste the same. Uh, so I, I ended up going with, uh, we both ended up going with the garlic sausage. I was going to ask them to put that pepper jelly on the, uh, on mine, on the garlic sausage, but I figured that would short circuit, that would like short circuit the whole food stand. (laughs) So I, I didn't even bother. Um, but bless the woman. She was like getting the sausage and then like they had a moment of silence for 9-11 and they were like the, the, the people were talking about like, okay, yeah, get, you know, uh, he wants everything on there. And she's like, wait, 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 hold on. Moment of silence. Moment of silence. And then they, they stopped, which uh, I'm in faith. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with a moment of silence for nine on the, on the 20th <laughs> anniversary of 9-11. I'm not trying to, I'm that, that I'm not uh, taking exception with. Um, but, uh, but then as soon as that was over, they started singing the national anthem and the woman kept like, dressing up my sausage which was awesome and then she handed it to me and i'm like thank you and then we like we kind of did an about face had our food had our drinks and then we we were able to head to our seats uh but the anthem was starting at this point yeah and so we we ended up uh standing in the concourse and, and listening to the anthem with our hats off and food in our hands before we before we sat down um but and yeah I was taking some swigs of that beer 
<laughs> well, hey, it's you know, um, I was gonna say it's the fourth of it was the fourth of July, but it wasn't. It was the the anniversary of nine eleven. Although it almost seems like those two things have become interchangeable at this point, as far as like what music is played and the fact that there are fireworks. Uh, because we should say that all through the night. Uh, we must have heard that one song. Oh, well, yeah. I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. They must have played that like uh, you know five times uh, throughout oh, the course. Lee Gr- yeah, Lee Greenwood. Is that is that Lee Greenwood? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, the the national anthem singer, um, yep. he was a doctor of some of some sort. Um, so well, let's just paint. Okay, so let's paint the picture just a little bit. So they they raised the flag or they put the flag at half mast uh, for nine eleven, and they're like, and helping to raise the flag is um, you know Joe so and so, a veteran of the war. He wasn't in the per, like the. Uh, Afghanistan war or whatever like he wasn't in the post 9 he was like an old vet uh probably in like World War II or something or v- Vietnam or something um but uh so he was standing there to sing the national or to, to raise the flag and they're like and uh to sing the national anthem his son Doc whatever I wish I wish we knew his name but it was like Doc Joe Malone or something you know like <laughs> Um, and, and so he sang the national anthem and Jack, uh, go ahead. Tell us about yeah, this guy. Okay. Well, he, he was doing that, that weird thing that country singers sometimes do. Um, maybe you don't even, you know, it's one of those things you can do where like it, it makes you a trick with your voice where it makes twang. you a twang. It, it makes you sound like you're a better singer than you're, you actually are. So this guy was like, he was like, Oh, hey, can you see <laughs> how the dawn's early light? And like that was that was what the guy was doing. Um, you know, there yeah, there are multiple tricks you can do to like make yourself sound like a better singer. It's like uh, like you know, like Rex Harrison used to do, or like Robert Preston in The Music Man, or Rex Harrison in My Fair Lady, who would just kind of say the words. Remember when we went to karaoke a couple, you know, um, a month or two ago, and that guy did Mr. Brightside by The Killers. He kind of reminded me of Rex Harrison. He was like, "Gotta gotta be down because I want it all." But like, there's um. <laughs> You know, there's certain tricks you can do with your voice to make yourself sound like you're a better singer than you actually are. And, like, adding sure. that, if you're a country singer singing country music, like, adding that twang is is one of well, them. And this guy was well, all about that. Yeah, I'm, well, Jack, I I thought you were going a different direction with this guy. So I'm not even sure if that's what you would call the twang. But this guy had the twang up to fucking 11. <laughs> yes, he uh, did. It was so, it was so hammy, so ham-fisted. So, like, okay, so he was doing those, like, those soft consonants or that like that he was breathing into like the next line but like he was also like oh say can <laughs> you say like it was so fucking twangy it, it I, I have to imagine that country singers like maybe even are like that's hack like that was too hack but yeah. it was just like by the dawn's early light. <laughs> like every syllable was twanged out it was so crazy um and yeah, he was a doctor. They were like they were calling him doctor. Um, yeah. and I was like, I so I was like, well, I'm sorry to say that you got shingles, and you're gonna have to get on antibiotics. <laughs> like he sounds like you know Cookie the 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 chuck wagon chef or something from like fucking uh, Bonanza or something. I don't know. Well, and um, we're, we're not in we're not in Nashville. Like we're in Beloit. No. We're in Beloit, Wisconsin. No, we're like a hundred feet from the Illinois border. <laughs> like it's like. 
was so proudly we hide. <laughs> it's like, and, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he actually, he later sang uh, America the Beautiful, wasn't it? Uh, or yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Um, or was it God Bless America? It was, no, it, was, it, was God, it was God Bless America, yeah. Yeah, and, so, yeah, and they're like, and to welcome, like, and, and the seventh inning, stre- the seventh inning stretch are like, we'd like to welcome back Doc Severance, whatever the fuck his name was, Doc Miller. And, uh, and it's like, yeah. God bless America. <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad I remembered to tell this story. I, I, I was going to do it, but I almost I almost forgot about it. But um, uh, I, I did a storytelling show a couple of years ago. Um, a friend of mine did a, uh, he did a show and he invited about five people to, to tell stories. I was one of them. But the opening act for that show was just this guy who was, you know, about our age, whatever. And he came up on stage with a, a, an acoustic guitar and uh, he was like, this song goes out to my grandma. And then he, he, he started singing. He started playing his guitar, and he started singing. Uh, Honey came in, and she caught me red-handed, creeping with the girl next door. <laughs> <laughs> and he, 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 he proceeded to sing uh, the, enti- the entirety of uh, that Shaggy song, It Wasn't yeah. Me. And that song is about four or five minutes long, and he did the whole fucking thing in that twangy voice, and yeah. I was the only one who thought it was funny. Everybody else just like actively hated it, but like I, I got oh. what he was, I got what he was going for, and I, it was so fucking funny. It was just like it was the, yeah. it was anti-comedy to like the nth degree. Uh, yeah, good stuff. But yeah, this doctor guy, that it reminded me of that, uh, of that act. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's like the most hackneyed country singer of all time. Like if you're picking like hack country singer like that's this guy no no offense to the the good doctor but uh it was it was a bit much it was a little over the top i feel um so you know the guy sounded like maybe some someone from like uh you know like a mike judge type of uh uh character or something like out of a mike judge oh, show definitely yeah the next guy jack you said he sounded maybe a little bit like a south park character yeah. and i think you're i think you're completely spot on about this yeah. next guy he sounded like so so this guy was your quintessential uh minor league baseball host um you know the white Sox do it as well with chris yeah, MC, uh, mc yeah the mc the mc if you will um the uh the the south bend cubs have their guy what's that guy's name again jeremy i think his name is mark mcgill ah yeah mark mcgill okay no thankfully no relation to trevor mcgill um, but, uh, but yeah, so the, you know, the, uh, the, the snappers have their own guy. I don't know what his name is, but he, he talks like a Trey Parker character from yeah. South Park. He's like, okay, everybody. Now we're going to sing the seventh inning stretch right now. Like, it's just, um, you know, it's just that, just that annoying, like that purposely annoying dumb voice that Trey Parker does for South Park. That's what this guy sounded like. Let me, I don't know if I can do it or not, but it, he was kind of talking like this. It's like. Hey everybody, let's 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 play along with the with the beanbag race or whatever. Like I feel like there was it was very like um like milk toasty, like mealy mouth. Like he didn't like so we we definitely ragged on on Mark McGill, uh the uh the South Bend guy, but but that guy that guy puts this guy to shame. Like this guy was like a just a mealy mouth guy and, and Mark McGill is like all right, well, uh, you know, I, uh, my wife uh, is kicking me out of the house, but I don't care because I love beer or something. Like, that, was like, that was like Mark McGill's deal. This guy was like, hey, everybody, come on, let's sing along. And it was just like, it's, it's so feeble. Um, he also, but then, but then he looks 
like I'm gonna take make a, a deep wrestling uh, reference here. He kind of looks like he kind of looked like Bubba Ray Dudley. He was in costume, right? Yeah, he he looked like he looked like Bubba Ray Dudley with Paul Heyman's uh, ponytail. Um, yeah, wanna, oh yeah, 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 for sure. If you want to combine two wrestling references, but yeah, he totally looked like Bubba Ray Dudley. And yeah, could you imagine him as Bubba Ray Dudley? He'd be like, Devon. Get the tables. <laughs> yeah, right. Get the dang tables. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, yeah, so like just like a weird like sleeveless shirt, like kind of like a husky guy, sleeveless shirt, glasses, um, like unnecessary glasses, like fake glasses, and just kind of like that like kind of like lunkhead bumpkin kind of look. It was weird. Um, but And then personality did not match the look at all. So it was it was weird. And uh, he just wasn't – see, he just didn't really have it. Um, at some point, though, he did sing Sweet Caroline. So that was the that was the thing. Like, it's like – so if, if you can picture Bubba Ray Dudley, like this fucking bruiser, like wrestling guy, but then singing Sweet Caroline. But then the other thing about the, the Sweet Caroline rendition in and of itself was that he was doing these, like, vocal runs. Like, I'm, I'm going to try to recreate – I didn't try to really practice it, but it was like – it's like, hands, touching hands. Reaching out, touching me. Like, he was, like, doing these weird, like, (laughs) unnecessary vocal runs. And it was like, sweet Caroline. Good times. Like, it was, like, these weird, unnecessary, like, like, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Whitney Houston, like, vocal runs. But the guy, like, had, like, a paper-thin voice. And it was just it was just weird. Um, so, again, yeah, just another weird thing that happened. This might um, be our most musical episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there are a lot of, a lot of fine music critiques in this one. Um, but anyway, so, okay. So, he you know, he, he pumps up the crowd, whatever. Um, game starts, or game maybe even already started at this point. Um, I was about to start, because this is when DJ Hers came in. So, the Cubs uh, have a guy. Uh, they, they called up a couple pitchers, Jordan Wicks. Uh, like we said, first round pick DJ Hurds was, a um, like a fourth round pick, I think in 2019. Um, and he's been, he was doing really well in, in low a, and um, they called him up. I was excited to see him. He actually pitched the night before us, which I, I hate that we missed him. Uh, but I think he'll be in South Bend next year. So I'll, I'll definitely make a point to catch him next year, but it, having missed out on my chance to say something to Jordan Wicks the first time I didn't, I didn't lose it. I didn't miss it this time with DJ Hurts And, um, <clears throat> He was walking by, and I'm like, go get him, DJ. And he's like, thank you. And uh, it was cool. It was like a cool moment. Um, <laughs> completely only appreciated by me and probably not even DJ hers. Uh, but uh, but I was I was glad I got to say something because we were, like, just so painfully close to the guys. Like, we first row, and they were walking right by us. So. Yeah, and he was, he was nice about it, man. He was cool. Yeah, he was cool about it. He was cool. Um, <clears throat> So, of course, you know, with anything else, like at, at games, we were surrounded by people, like, uh, with things to uh, talk about. Um, the first people that really jumped out to us were the people behind us. Um, it turns out they were they were fairly decent people as far as, like, you know, baseball fans go, as far as, as rain delay theater goes. Um, but, De- Jack, I did um, <clears throat> label them the gentle parents. <laughs> Okay, sure. I mean, uh, they they were they were gentle. I would describe the dad as you know we've used this word before, but he was a he was a beta. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to be. I don't know if you want to be alpha with your like you know two year old kid or something, but but yeah, for sure he was he was um, he, he I couldn't deny that that uh, implication, um, but they would like they were like they were like the teaching parents, and so like. The kid was like maybe acting up or something, 
and like um <clears throat> like the dad would say like well is that the thing you really want to do right now or would you rather sit here and like have a good time you know and like it was stuff like that they were giving the kids like hypothetical things and like i'm sure they like learned this from like a parenting book or something but it, and it was like like dad i wanted ice cream and a hot dog and then he's like well um now, do you think that that would have been a good idea to have both a hot dog and ice cream? Like, stuff like that. Like, um, one, at one point, the kids was, like, almost, like, on the verge of, like, having a tantrum. And the mom, like, pulled out this, like, deck of cards or something. And she's like, all right, we're going to play a little game here. And she's like, so, um, you know, what card do you... And there was, like, this, like, matching game where they were, like, looking at a picture. And she was like, <clears throat> do you see a, a baseball in your picture? Uh, do you see a, a cat? Um, all right, who's got a goldfish? Like, it was some kind of weird game, but, like, they pulled it out, like, right as the second, like, the kid was about to freak out, and then the kid, like, calmed down. Uh, I mean, so I appreciate that, but it was, like, very, like, it was, like, the it was like the gentle approach to rearing your child, as opposed to, like, you know, again, I'll, I'll take this opportunity to quote the guy from the Brewers game when he said to his two girls, keep drinking it. Keep drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, like, you know, we've seen that we've, in one baseball season, we've seen the, the spectrum of parenting, of child rearing. Um, so they were the gentle parents. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that they, they didn't really, we, we would, we would go on and interact with them a little bit later, but they ha- managed to not really get on my nerves, Jack. I don't know about you. No, they, they were fine. Um, it'd be fun, funny if the dad had taken a gentle approach, but still been an asshole. You know, the kid was like, yeah, I want a hot dog and ice cream. It's like, well, um, you know, you'll, you'll get nothing and like it. You know, uh, yeah, Cad- right. Caddyshack reference. I will, I, I will say, just because I have to say, just because I can't let it go, that the kids themselves were a little annoying. Because um, yeah, sure. they, they were those they were those kids who, yeah, they were those kids who talked like this. Like, I, I want to, yeah, the Cubs are batting right now. Like, the, you know, they, they said everything in that little kid cadence. Um, yeah, so that was, yeah. that was really annoying. And that's like a way that kids, um, you know, learn to talk, like to make adults think that they're cute. And like these, these kids just, they just talk like that all the time. And it was, it was annoying, it was annoying and they were loud, but I mean, I would say they were maybe like, you know, six and four at the oldest, if not like five and three. So they were, they were little kids. So yeah. I'm, you know, I'll, I'm not going to be too hard on them. Yeah. And then like, you know, the kid would say that and the dad would say like, well, um, he's wearing a blue hat. So do you think that's the, the Cubs or the snappers? Like it was like stuff like that. That's like what they were doing. So that's a good setup for, for an example of them. Um, to our left, to my immediate left, Jack had at least me as a buffer. Yeah. Um, which I'm, which I'm, I'm mad at you, Jack, about that. You had a buffer. I had to fucking deal with these people head on. Um, there was a family from hell next to us. And, uh, even like, even like when they first got there, the mom said to us, she's like, Oh, I bet you, I bet you wish you wouldn't have sat here or something like that. It's like, oh God, Jesus! Like, what the hell are we gonna? What the hell are we in for? Um, <laughs> it, it's a bad sign when you know them and the parents are like warning you ahead of time. Um, but they had like three kids, I want to say, or three or four kids. I'm not even sure if they were all theirs or they. It was another situation where they brought a friend or whatever. But um, the the kid, not all of them looked like siblings. So I don't know. There was this one goofy ass kid with like curly hair and he, he's one of these kids who looked older. He looked like he was like seven or eight, but I think he was like four or something. <laughs> um, but like he was just like, move, the kids were just moving around, whatever. It's like, I mean, that's what kids do. The how, Jack, how many times did they get up and pass it, by us? It must've been by the, by the time they had actually left, uh, it must've been 20, 20 times. 
Yeah. Th- thankfully, was... the aisle was big enough where we didn't have to stand up to let them through. But it yeah. was it was brutal because we we were basically on the end of the row. There was no one. You know, we we there was one seat between me and the the aisle. So yeah, we had seats three and four. We we spread out a little bit, so we were actually sitting in like two and four or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, or maybe we sat next to each other. But um, but yeah. So like these kids were like to our left and like yeah like yeah we could just kind of like scooch back and they could pass through which like if we had a stand every time for that i i don't know man i maybe would have said something like it, it was just crazy yeah and then the, the well the dad and even the mom were, were getting up periodically too to go with the kids and then at one point the dad was like sorry guys last trip like yeah fucking right. the last trip this inning yeah no i know that wasn't like the fourth inning or yeah. something and like there was 10 more trips after that it's like you know, whatever, man. Like, you, you know, stop trying to hide this uh, annoyance. Um, but uh, the kid, the kid that I spoke of who, who looked older than he was, at some point I was like, like, um, the game was happening. And I just heard like a thud, like a thud. Uh, and like I looked over and this kid, like he he did. It, it, it seemed like he like went to sit down in a seat, but the seat was folded up and just fucking like ass planted right on the concrete. Like, like with no bracing at all. And the dad, and I just like looked over cause it was like a big thud and the dad was immediately leaning over and the kid is crazy. The kid didn't even cry. The kid just like started, he like crumpled and he, he wasn't like wailing, but he, he immediately crumpled and started crying. He was like, uh, he was like, just like, he was like, like, um, like, like pulsating because he was like crying and like, but it, but it was, he was like crying so deeply that like, he didn't even like make a crying sound. <laughs> yeah. And then like he went over to the mom and like he like he like, you know, hugged the mom and was just crying. But it's like this kid was climbing all over the seat and like I think he like tried to sit on the the seat while it was folded up like the edge of it and just fucking just ate shit. Yeah. Hit the ground. Yeah. Like, full force. And Jeremy, uh he also like he was embracing the dad too while he was crying, but like he he was embracing the dad as if he was Kate Winslet somehow meeting up with Leonardo DiCaprio's character from Titanic like 10 years after the Titanic sank and it turned out that like Leo lived it's like that was that was how deep this embrace was like he was just like he he was just uh you know the kid was he was out of it he was lost in the sauce totally but like like you said he wasn't making like most of the time when kids eat shit like they they wail if it actually hurt and this kid was not making any noise at all yeah it was just like deep guttural crying like heaving (laughs) Uh, it was it was rough um but uh but yeah so anyway um so that happened uh he there was like an older brother i god i don't really know i really don't know how many fucking kids there were there because there were like two older kids then like two younger kids but then there was another kid who was having a conversation with the fucking kid who fell so i don't know but the one of the older kids and when i say older he was like i mean what how old was that kid jack like nine uh yeah the older kid yeah he was at least nine nine or ten he was he was like a big kid too yeah, he was a big kid, um, wearing a t-shirt, blue t-shirt, um, with like an. I could tell that there was like an American flag, like there was some stars and stripes. It wasn't until I looked closer at the shirt that it was an AK-47, like on his shirt with and and a silhouette behind it was like the American flag. The kid's ten years old, at best, wearing this this shirt, and it was like, ugh, God, fucking gross, like, and yeah, so like this kid's, you know. He's going to be in the Michigan militia or something. Yeah, yeah, um, right. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah. that, you, you can understand where, you know, people like, ah, I don't want to get, get into it. But, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that, um, you know, that we there were some weird, like, 
quote, quote unquote, patriotic things that were spotted this weekend at baseball games. Our old friend, mm-hmm. Mon- our old friend Montes Dumptious, uh, took a picture on his Instagram. He was at the White Sox Red Sox game last weekend, yeah. and there was a guy wearing a jersey, a White Sox jersey. On the back of it, it said Taliban, and then the number was eleven. So I don't, you yeah. know, I don't know what to make of that one. But yeah, some I don't, strange stuff. I don't even know where to. Yeah, it was the same night that I was there. I, I went to the White Sox game Friday night too, and I wish I would have seen this guy. But yeah, um, there's a. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at this point, folks, but there's a there's a guy walking around at a White Sox game with a jersey that says Taliban on it. I don't know why. <laughs> Ask him. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, at some point, these kids, and this is why I say I don't know who the hell these kids were, because this one kid, like, was talking to, to the young, the little kid, and they were, like, talking about, like, they were, like, I heard the beginnings of this conversation. They were, like, uh, it was, like, Tyler, what's one plus one? And he's, like, two. And he's, like, Okay, now what's one divided by one? And he's like, uh, two. And they're like, no, try again. And they're, they're <laughs> like, I don't know. He's like, why don't you just tell me? Or like, or, or yeah. And like, then they're like, well, and then they're like, what's one? What's two times two? And like, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get. I don't understand. Like the kid was like actually saying that. And um, then they they like they kind of kept going on this thread. And so somehow they they were saying like the kid was saying like. Say you have two plates with two hot dogs, and then you get another two plates with another two, or another plate with two hot dogs on it, or like you know something like that. Like how many hot dogs do you have? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, Why don't you? I don't get it. <laughs> it was, it was really weird. And it, and it and it went on. He kept saying like, All right, you have two plates with two hot dogs. How many hot dogs do you have? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So that was what it was about. So I didn't hear, I mean, like you said, Jeremy, it's a bit of a sore spot that you had to be next to these people. But yes. I, I totally heard the hot dogs thing, but I, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got two plates with two hot dogs, yeah, uh, you got four hot dogs. Unless it's two, pl- <laughs> man, unless it's two plates and each of them has one hot dog on it. Is that what he's implying? I don't I, know. I mean, yeah, I think the, I think maybe the kid's issue was in the wording of the question. Like, <laughs> it should be flagged for, for, for editing, but like, yeah, I don't know. And like, then there was like, they add, and he's like, then you bring in another plate and it's like, I mean, I was getting kind of confused. I w- I wanted to tell this kid to shut up, um, oh, but yeah, so Anyway, um, all right, so that was happening. Um, we'll we'll check back in with that family a little bit later because uh, that shit wasn't over. No. Um, but uh, another thing that uh, an annoyance that happened, and I will say maybe you know maybe this is where it was the trade off, Jack, because I feel I feel like you suffered the brunt of this a little more. So I guess we were we were even in the end, uh, yeah. maybe a little bit. I don't know. We'll we'll let you decide after this next thing. But but Jack, tell us about the thing that was happening to your right. So uh, like I said, we were down the left field line, and um, the only thing that was separating us, and we were in the first row, so the only thing that was separating us from. Uh, the uh, the leftmost part of the South Bend Cubs dugout was uh, the aisle. It was just like you know the the three feet of uh, cement staircase. Uh, so we we were very close to the dugout, which was really cool. But it turns out that this is the biggest hotspot for kids to uh, come down and ask the players for balls after the inning is over. Um, yeah. So it started off with about two kids just kind of hanging out down there. Um, and eventually it grew, um, you know, like a fungus 
to the point where there were about, were about eight or ten kids just hanging out by by the by the dugout, just like hanging out on those stairs in the aisle, in the aisle pouring into our row. Um, yeah. And at one point, the kids the kids were standing up. They were standing up uh, right next to the dugout, right in the aisle, to the point where I couldn't see the batter. And so you know, it went on for about three or four seconds, and I was like. I'm not going to fucking stand for this. So I, I said to the kids, I said, hey, guys, I can't see the batter. And I wasn't nice about it. I was just, I said, you know, I just said, hey, guys, I can't see the batter. And then, you know, they uh, they sat down. Um, but I had to do it multiple times. I, I must have said that th- three times. I had to tell them yeah. I couldn't see the batter, at least throughout the course of the game. Um, and that's the thing, Jeremy, I, I'll say that uh, that it, it's you know it's not the kids fault i mean it is because they're being assholes but like it's it's not the kids fault because they're kids and like a, a kid isn't gonna think oh i'm standing up in the aisle i must be blocking people's view um yeah that's that's yeah. not something a kid a kid is not aware of any anyone but themselves so i'm not gonna like, i'm not gonna guy is, yeah this guy's wearing a um a south bend cubs hat i bet he's out here kind of prospecting uh, Johendrik Pinyango, I better sit down. Right, yeah, yeah. These guys are these guys are obviously keeping they're keeping score and they're into the game. Um, yeah, I, I don't want you know I, I shouldn't I uh, shouldn't be blocking them. Um, but yeah, so that's not the kids' fault, but that's on the parents. The parents should say, um, you know, first of all, we we know that in any like situation where there's always a lot of people, like movie theater, sports stadium, whatever, it's never okay to just sit in the aisle. You can't do that. Because if you could sit in the aisle, other people would sit in the aisle all the time. You just you can't do it. So and also the parents should have seen that the kids were blocking people's views. They weren't just blocking our view. They were blocking the gentle family behind us. Um, <laughs> they, they, they were blocking everybody's view. Um, and so the yeah. parent, the parents of these kids should have said, hey, okay, you need to come sit down. You know, if you get a ball, you get a ball uh, at some point, foul ball, whatever. But like, you need to sit down. You can't do that. You can't sit in the aisle. But nobody broke it up. Not a single parent. And these kids weren't all related. It was just all a bunch of different kids coming down. Like I said, yeah. eight kids. And the, the parents were just letting it happen. Yeah. It was absurd. It was, like, it, was, it was unacceptable. It was like the Sandlot on the 4th of July. Like all these kids from all over the neighborhood came over and congregated right in front of our goddamn seats. Yeah. And like um, I, I said, at one point, there was like a two-year-old kid. And he was like chewing on a hot dog bun. Had no idea why he was down there. He just saw all the other kids down there. And he wanted to come too. Like, what, what's going on here? Why is there a two-year-old kid? And these kids, after every inning, they would say, hey, ball, ball. They were calling for a ball. One kid was like, you know, there's, there's all nets uh, along the outfield lines now. One kid was like pulling up the net. And like sticking half of his body almost into the dugout, trying to ask for balls. It's like yeah. th- this is an affiliated major league team here. These guys, this is serious business. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's, These guys are true. in the bullpen, like with fucking you know a couple thousand dollars of uh, uh, te- technological equipment, just filming a random bullpen sessions. Like these guys are. Yeah. These guys are working here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jack, the future of the Cubs uh, franchise depends on a lot of those guys in the South Bend dugout right yeah. now. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, and then you got some fucking kid. They, the kids were, like, sticking their heads out and, like, re- and like yelling into the dugout, can, can we have a ball? And it was just super fucking annoying. And, like, yeah, so at some point um, the kids, like, yeah, we're, we're standing up and Jack had to, like, tell them to sit down. A uh, gentle mom behind us at one point had to tell the kids to sit down. Yeah. Um, 
And like, I look back and I'm like, you know, I was like, thanks. And uh, you know, thank you. We appreciate it. And I said, I said to the dad, I'm like, we'll get, we'll get them the next time. Or like, yeah. oh, we'll get the next one. Don't worry. We, you you got this one. We'll get the next one. And so they like laughed about that. Yeah. Um, so that was our like bonding moment with the gentle family. Yeah. I will um, say that. I will say that like the mom won me over at that point. Like I wasn't going to yeah. say anything bad about her after that. Cause like she totally, she had our backs um, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure it was blocking their view too, but it was, it was kind of cool that she had our backs and like, you know, even, and like her kids were not doing that. Right. So yeah, yeah prop, true. props to them. Yeah. Um, for sure. They were giving them a hypothetical, like, well, what happens if you go down there? Maybe you get a ball, <laughs> maybe you don't. So just stay here. Uh, anyway. Um, so we were, so like we were down that, that, uh, you know, the, the third base line. So we had a really good spot for the uh, third base coaches, um, the third base coach for the Cubs is Eric Patterson, uh, former Cub and brother of Eric Patterson uh, himself. Or bro- Cor- Corey Patterson. Corey Patterson, brother of Corey Patterson, uh, much maligned former Cub. And uh, Eric Patterson is a pretty maligned former Cub too, but not to the extent of Corey Patterson. Um, later on, it would go, I'll just say this now, but um, later on uh, we would, we'd be in a situation where we were around, where we were around the autograph hounds and um one guy got Eric Patterson's autograph and I, I said to the guys, I'm like, if he knew the things I said about his brother, he'd never sign for me. And <laughs> they, they kind of laughed about that. So that was kind of cool. But, um, he kept like looking over into the stands. Like he, he kept over like, like a friggin' kid with like, you know, like, uh, wandering eyes, like just like, like being distracted by like people in the stands. Yeah. Um, he must've been trying to look for attractive women in the stands. I'm, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's what yeah. he was doing. I think so. He was scouting for talent, as yeah, they say. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, uh, As Mickey Calloway would say, where's the beef? Um, apparently, oh, Mickey, <laughs> apparently Mickey Calloway would, would say that. Uh, but, um, hey. yeah, uh, I will say that <laughs> Eric Patterson, Eric Patterson's only 38. He looks like Oof. he's, he looks like he's 50. I would, I would have, he's, yeah, I would have told you he's 50. 58, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's 38 yeah. going on 58. I just turned 40, and I look eons better than eric patterson <laughs> um the third base coach for the snappers at one point came out with his belt totally unbuckled um yeah so obviously it, uh, he'd had to go to the bathroom between innings i'm trying to catch his name was it brito or something or no briones, briones? okay yeah yeah i think th- i think that's what it was um chris briones yeah he uh yeah he totally had his belt unbuckled we should have yelled it at him just been like hey dude buckle your belt we were close enough that he would have that he would have hurt us uh eventually he realized it and he he buckled it up but yeah it was odd we thought it we thought it just simply broke uh and then but then at some point he's like oh my belt and like 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 redid it and so that was kind of a funny moment um uh but yeah so uh so yeah the perks of sitting down uh the third base line um one of the perks, the, the non-perks of sitting uh, in this section uh, was we let's let's take our attention back to the nightmare family to the to our left. It was uh, about the bottom of the sixth inning, and um, there was a minor commotion to my left. I look over, and I see vomit sprayed everywhere, on the ground, on the like side of the wall, under the seat, on the seat, on the dad, on like a little kid. There's fucking vomit. There's a fucking kid just fucking puked, like just fucking vomited. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was, uh, as about as disturbing as you would, you would think. Um, yeah, yeah we, we don't, we know which kid it was. Jeremy, what did you say right when it happened? Did you, did you say, oh, you gotta be kidding me or something like I, that? I either said, you gotta be, I, I think I said, oh, hell no. Yeah, that was what you said. Yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, I and said, it's oh, it's hell no. it smelled too. You you could smell it more than I did, but yes. uh, it was and it was a lot of vomit too. It wasn't just a little puker. It wasn't just like you know when you throw up water sometimes. Um, yeah, this was like yeah, this was like chunks. It was disgusting, man. It was so yeah. bad. Yep, 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 yep. It was uh, it just, like I said, it's about as bad as you you would you would think. Um, it, it honestly, you know what? I it's like it did not smell good. I I I guess I've smelled worse vomit in my day or more intense vomit in my day. Maybe it's because we were just totally out in the open. Um, but uh, it it's it was it smelled bad enough to where you wouldn't want to sit next to it for uh you know four more innings no of a baseball game um and it was uh uh so so you know the kid the kid vomited it's like okay kids vomit sometimes it happens um yep. you know a- a- everywhere everywhere what, it happens what what do you do what do you do as a parent or as an adult when uh, a kid vomits what what would you do in uh, a public situation I, I think i would do what that family did and i would take a bottle of water and just kind of dump water over the vomit and then leave it there and not tell a single living soul nope nope it's just... as if they they like you know they they were driving home one night in a rainstorm and ran down a, a homeless man or something it's like don't ever tell anyone about this <laughs> it's like no, you can tell someone about the vomit. You can have someone go because they probably have fucking sawdust or they have something that like uh, they could get some gravel, like some like authentic uh, infield dirt and dump it on the on the vomit and, and maybe try to soak it up a little bit. Uh, or Yeah, they have fucking diamond dry. They have this shit that they put on the diamond when it rains. Get some of that and put it on the vo- on the vomit. Um, they didn't tell a single goddamn soul. Um, so so they, they sit there for like two more innings. Um, the top of the eighth, they decide to just leave. So they they just left in the top of the eighth inning. Yeah, like, it, oh, it, they're yeah. like, all right, folks, we are uh, all right, all right, kids, we uh, we we vomited up this section, we, we got it all over the place. I think our business here is done. Let's let's call it a night and head home. You know, we'll stop at Culver's on the way home. Yeah. Um, and you can maybe throw that up <laughs> on, on our driveway. Um, but uh, they just leave. Um, and then miraculously somehow in the, in the top of the eighth inning, this, this woman appeared, this goddess, this, this spy or siren, uh, uh, like appears and she's like, um, so, uh, I understand there was some sort of accident over here. And you know, and, you know what it was, Jeremy is the, the gentle parents behind us. The dad had taken the two kids up to go to the bathroom or get food or something. And I'm sure yeah. he must've told somebody um, about the vomit, so that there, there, yeah. there, there had to be, have been some correlation between him leaving and uh, this lady, uh, this siren, you know, this this <laughs> goddess uh, of you know Greek mythology coming down and like and and taking care of the situation. Yeah. Uh, so um, vomitalia, the the goddess of cleaning up. Puke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So she she and she was like super cool about it, and she's like, "Sorry, guys." And it's like, sorry, like, like, what, what are you going to do to fix this situation? Um, but yeah, I did. When the dad came back, like I heard the, the mom say like they, they cleaned it up and I, or they sent someone down here and I heard the guy say like, oh, well, I figured they would or something like that. So I guess maybe that makes sense that they, um, and honestly he was sitting directly behind the vomit. Yeah. So I don't know if you'd rather sit to the, to the right of the vomit or behind the vomit. I don't know which, what's worse. And it, it should be noted too, that these, the family who was uh, responsible for the vomit, they poured water over it and then just sat, sat in this vomit for, 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 another. for, for another two full innings or four half innings or, or whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. It's so, um, yeah, it, not good. Um, but eventually not only 
did this lady uh, get a guy with some super-powered mop to come mop up the vomit, but she also saw these those little kids sitting by the dugout, and she's like, you guys can't be here. You got to go. Um, yep. This lady was awesome, and I actually I actually said to her, and I kind of Len Caspered it a little bit after she kicked those kids out. I was like, ah, I wish you'd showed up a little sooner. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, but like, and I said it pretty loud because I was fucking pissed about these kids, and like, I wanted people to hear that I was I was glad that she kicked them out. Um, so yeah, thank thank God for this lady. At least she at least she got the fucking vomit cleaned up. Yeah, for sure. Um, of course, the kids would show up, you know, an inning later. Yeah, a half inning um, later, when the ushers left, they just were right back. Yeah, of course. Um, after the vomit was cleaned up, she did look to us and she's like, "All good, guys?" And we're like, "Yeah, we're great now." You know, like. <laughs> Um, you know, if you could hand me like a Q-tip soaked in like bleach so I could put it up my nose, maybe, um, I, we would be back to square one, but, um, but yeah, no. So that was, uh, that was a bummer. Um, so yeah, vomit gate, uh, you know, cleared up, whatever. Um, uh, at some point during this game, uh, it became aware to us that, that Corbin Burns was throwing a no hitter. So we were, we were at the game, uh, during the Corbin Burns no hitter in Milwaukee. Um, Jack was, Corbin uh, Burns combined, combined no hitter. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we it should be noted, you know, uh, Jack uh, was, um, you know, obviously tuned in for that one, like uh, on high alert. Um, so we were like monitoring that, like for the seventh, eighth inning. Uh, and uh, at some point, um, you know, we were we were we were so we were doing double duty. We were looking at the phone, watching the game, and um, we we looked at uh, Corbin Burns' pitch count, and he was at 115 pitches. Um, so me and Jack had a little conversation about, you know. Oh, you got to pull him. Uh, you know, should you pull him? Like, should you let him go for the no hitter? Like that age old uh, quandary um, that usually a guy gets a hit and the, the, the manager doesn't have to make that decision or they leave him in. Um, it, it turns out that uh, that Corbin Burns came out of the game for after the eighth inning to pitch uh, like for the ninth inning. Um, and uh, Jack, what did we hear behind us? Um, so after the game, after Hader had shut down the, the last three outs, against the Indians. Um, There there was this guy, a couple people were talking about the game behind us, and this one guy goes, he's like, yep, Burns came came in after the eighth and said he was done. He was was done for the night. I think he even said that leading into the bottom of the, or into the, yeah, bottom of the ninth inning. He he might have said that. He might have said it. Um, But but regardless, yeah, of when it was said, he did say it. And uh, so so after he said that. Burns pulled himself. Burns pulled himself. He was, he said he was done. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's so. That's exactly what this guy said. And so I, I figured. Uh, I was like, okay. You know. So that was kind of the impression that I had. But a, a, as we were driving home after the game, I was looking up a little bit of stuff, and I was like, well, I can't find anything on this. And you know, as more information came out, uh, sooner or later, it, it came out that Council was the one who who pulled Burns from the game, and that Council Council actually wanted to pull him in the seventh, but he allowed him to pitch the eighth. Um, uh, for, for what it's worth, it was the right call. On his part, that was a meaningless game, and you know you can't get Corbin Burns injured trying to go for a, a no hitter in a season when they have the best chance to win the World Series that they've had in in a lifetime. Um, but regardless of all of that, where did this guy get that information from? He he did he, he he didn't get it. He just lied. He just made it up. Yeah, he 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 uh, concocted that in his own head. I mean, honestly, like the guy. I said this. I'm like the guy had the guy probably has no concept of the fact of how a manager might have to pull a pitcher just for all the reasons that you just said jack uh the guy um had spent some time on the dl of course it was for covid um he's uh you know he's yet to pitch like i think a competitive full season 
um, like, you know, in a playoff race. Uh, the Brewers haven't won a World Series. Um, they're trying to win one here. Uh, all these reasons, like, you don't extend that pitcher um, for for that many pitches. And this guy has no concept of that. He's like, oh, well, he must have uh, he must have said he, he's, he's out because there's no way that a manager would pull that guy. There's no way because we all want to see the no-hitter more than anything else. The more... We all know the no-hitter is more important in this moment than anything else long-term that might happen in October. So he must have just pulled himself. Um, and if, it's like, no, dude, that's not how it works. And you might not be able to mince those fine details about baseball. But uh, I'm glad that you were there to comment on history. Yeah, and uh, also it shows that the guy doesn't know anything about Corbin Burns. I mean, Cor- Corbin Burns is a guy who refused to get vaccinated, went on the COVID DL with COVID, and then had the audacity after the Brewers reached the 85% mark to say, well, I'm, I'm really glad that our restrictions have been lifted now. Like, that, <laughs> that's the kind of guy we're dealing with. This guy's a bonehead. And, like, do you, do you honestly think, like, he obviously he's a competitive guy, but he's also, you know, a stupid guy. Do you really think that he's going to, uh, or, or at least someone who completely lacks any sort of tact, you really think that that guy is going to pull himself from a game where he's throwing a no-hitter? No. It doesn't matter how many pitches. This guy, this guy doesn't know how many pitches he's thrown. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it just, no. It, it was it was counsel. It was counsel all the way. So, I, you know, guy, guy's just making stuff up. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, okay, we'll try to, try to power through this last bit, chunk here because uh, at this point the game uh, wraps up and uh, the um, – the snappers beat the Cubs. Was it four to one, five to one? Uh, yeah, it might have been five to nothing, four nothing. Or, or yeah, yeah, that's right, nothing. Uh, they the Cubs got one hit actually, uh, not one run. But um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, uh, one hit. Did Jack? Did that? Did that occur to you? Like, did you? Did that sink in? Like, it didn't really no, sink into me one until hit later. Two or, two or three walks. So yeah, just like like you said during the game, Jerry, just no offense for the for the Cubs at all. Yeah, they couldn't get any sort of uh, thing going. Um. But uh, but yeah, so but uh, so Alexander Vizcaino, um, pitcher for the South Bend Cubs, came over, uh, co kind of co-headlined the uh, Anthony Rizzo trade uh, from the, he came over from the Yankees. Um, I saw him at South Bend a couple weeks ago, um, about a, maybe a month ago, and uh, failed to get his autograph, and I was pretty bummed about it. Um, and so I was kicking myself. Uh, in the in that time, uh, a a new set had come out, a new set of cards called uh, Pro Debut, uh, which are minor league cards. And uh, Vizcaino got his first baseball card. So maybe it was like, uh, you know, all for the best that I didn't get his autograph then because now I could get it on one of his own cards. So I came prepared, had, had a card ready to go for him to sign. And it turns out that most of the game he was he was hanging out at the edge of the bench um, uh, closest to us. And um, I thought like, oh, cool, if he's going to be at the end of the bench when the game is over, I'm going to maybe call, call him out and, and ask for an autograph. Um, but of course, like those goddamn kids were, were there, um, by the, by the net. Um, and so the game was ending and, uh, Vizcaino was still on the top step, just kind of like looking out on the field. And he looked back and like, I, I took it like in the eighth inning. I don't know if you noticed this, Jack, but in the eighth inning, I took the card out and I got the marker ready, all ready to go. And, um, at some point when Vizcaino looked over at me, I held up the card and the pen and, uh, you know, like I made eye contact with them. And, uh, but we're still like a good 20 feet away. I don't know, maybe more than that. Like, um, yeah, probably more than that. 20, 30 feet, whatever. So he like looked at me and like, he like, 
he was about to go over and then he like kind of put his hand up like kind of like wait wait you know later later or something or like in a minute in a minute and uh i was like maybe he wasn't talking to me i don't know um and those kids were fucking crawling all, all over each other trying to get a ball and um a, a minute passes by whatever and i see Vizcaino coming over to us and like i'm like oh is he coming over to sign my car? Like, did he see me? And then like he, the kids were like, hey, blah, 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 blah. like, let me get a ball, whatever. And he like, he kind of like looked past the kids and he pointed to me and uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Got you. And uh, I ran over and like the kids were like a human barrier between me and, and Vizcaino. And I'm like, I, I said like, yep, yep. Excuse me, kids. Excuse me. And uh, I leaned in and I like handed him my card and my pen and uh, he signed my card. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, and I told him thanks. Um, and, uh, yeah, he got to like put it down on the concrete and sign it. So like the penmanship was nice. Um, and then Jack, Jack got up too to try to get the autograph as well. But yeah, it was just like Jack was coming, coming at it from like a, a tougher angle and just couldn't kind of get through the wall of kids. I, I was, I was unwilling to, to just shove my way through this wall of kids. Like he, like you did, Jeremy, <laughs> you were just like, yep, excuse, excuse me guys. Excuse me. And then like, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. this, it's it's show or go at that at that time. It's like I'm not letting these kids get in my goddamn way for this autograph. Like not not after the 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 self flagellation I went through after not getting his autograph the last time. And it's like I came prepared, got my pen, got my my card. I'm ready to go. And it's like, excuse me, kids, you're gonna have to move. Yeah, and he's getting he, an autograph. The, the kids were blocking me, and like he signed a couple things for them, and like I had my program, and and it, the net. We were separated from Vizcaino by the uh, the net, um, yeah. and so it was it would have been awkward for me to like shove my program through there. It was a little harder than a ball. But the the big the big thing was that these fucking kids were were in the way, and they were not gonna they were not gonna remove themselves from their their station after they got the autograph. They were still gonna just stay there. So I I, I was kind of I was kind of fucked. But like Jeremy, I will say this. Uh, you turn into a different person at the moment you smell the opportunity for an autograph. Like you'll just like, <laughs> it's like a switch flips and you're like, uh, you know, you're like, uh, what was his name? Uh, the character from, uh, uh, the Manchurian candidate, you know, it's uh. like, it's like you turn into a fucking like, uh, like zombie or something. You just go straight for the guy with the autograph. You'll, you'll like, just, you know, it doesn't matter. You, yeah, you'll you get you get yourself in there, man. It, it's clear that you've like done this before, and you just know how to you know how to do it. You're aggressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. And so few so few situations in my in life am I that aggressive. But uh, uh, getting the autographs, I guess now I've I fully merged into that mode, I guess. Um, but but yeah, this was one I wanted bad because I I got the card and I, I wanted him to sign it. So um, I got that autograph. Honestly, Jack, I didn't even. That's that's funny that you say that I was in a trance because I didn't even know that he signed for anybody else. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I thought for as far as I know, he signed mine and then like you try to get yours and you kind of just the kids were in the way and you just bailed. Um, but I did say to you, Jack, um, it turns out to be ill advisedly. I said, uh, eh, you know what? Don't worry, Jack. He's going to be we'll, we'll catch him outside. He'll be he'll be going outside. Um, turns out he, he was one of a couple of players that we never even saw come out. Yeah. Um, but so we were like, OK, let's, um, you know, let's get ourselves out there. Let's go get some autographs. Um this is, you know, the whole other part of the game uh, experience is to to now get autographs. Um, and and if you'll recall my words from early on in the podcast, where we, you know, coined that last time we were in Beloit, we coined the term uh, uh, autograph freaks. Um, we, you know, some could say that we've maybe turned into those autograph freaks ourselves. Um, I think there's a distinct 
line between uh, autograph seekers and autograph freaks, which we can get into in a bit. Uh, but um, we headed out. Um, we were wondering, like, you know, because it's a new stadium, like, it's like, where are we going to see the people? Last time at the Beloit Snappers game, they were just, they had to walk in front of you um, to get to the field. I mean, if this were the old stadium, uh, old uh, Lazarito Armenteros would have had would have slipped on that vomit trying to get to the field, <laughs> uh, which is how much access, like, the old place would have been. Um, but uh, this one is different. So we, we got out. We saw two guys with binders. So we're like, okay, there we go. That's who we're looking for. And so we went down and we talked to these guys. Uh, and we were like, uh, does uh, does the South Bend come out here too or just Beloit? Um, and he's, they're like, no, there's only Beloit here. Uh, South Bend's down there, um, down where those stairs are. The bus will be parked on the street, um, you know, just down there. And we we're like, cool, thanks. And so we headed down there. Um, it was weird because there were these stairs that they could kind of come out of. Um, but it was also, I think other people like, like fans were coming out of those, those, uh, uh, stair, those, that doorway as well. Uh, and then we looked and there's like this driveway that runs between the stadium and the river. This like, kind of like, uh, desolate, uh, road that's like dimly lit. And, um, the bus was like deep down there. It was like, kind of like, you know, if the sidewalk where we were standing was like, um, home plate, this was like at about shallow left field. Um, so we, so we, I walked down there to scope it out. I saw three other guys waiting there for, to get autographs. And so I came back and I got Jack and I'm like, Hey Jack, I think we need, we should go down there. Um, so we went down there and like the, the bus driver got him, got, got real close to the back door, um, to where the guys were like barely like going out the back door through this gated area and then like right into the bus. So their access was pretty limited. Um, and uh, they could even like open the door and really kind of block people out. Um, but uh, we were like, you know, I think we're still going to be able to get some autographs over here. So we, we kind of camped out there and, and waited. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, let's just say also, uh, I will get, we'll get to the bus driver in a second because he was a character. But I, think, I yeah. think one difference between autograph seekers like us and uh, the, the freaks, the graphers as they call themselves, I think we should still call them freaks because that's a good name. But uh, is that, like, the freaks don't really seem to be that big of baseball fans. They know who all the guys are, yeah. but they just seem really detached from any sort of, uh, you know, rooting interest or, like, caring about, about baseball. The guy, one of the guys, he was, like, the alpha dog of these, of these freaks, and he was, like, he saw my brewer's hat, and he's, like, hey, did you, like, see the no-hitter, like, the Burns no-hitter night? And I was, like, yeah, it was really cool. Like, too, too bad he had, you know, thrown so many pitches, 115, whatever. And, like, the second I started getting into the specifics of the game, the guy kind of shut down um, <laughs> yeah. and to the point where I felt bad. I was like, man, did I like rain on that guy's parade? He was trying to like, but I, I just, I, you know, he, he talked to me about it and I wanted to talk more about it and he kind of like shut down. So I was like, all right, that's not really on the table. But that being said, like they were, uh, they were regular guys, you know, they were, they were nice guys. Um, they, you know, they let us know like who signs easy, who doesn't. Um, you know, Jeremy was swapping stories about having been at South Bend and like they, they were also like they had there was one guy whose autograph they'd gotten already. Um, uh, I can't remember which one it was. And they were just like, yeah, man, you, you go ahead. You go ahead and get it. So I was like, all right. That, oh, yeah. was, that was pretty cool. Like, you know, these guys are actually cool, cool guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I think that the, the, the one arc of this this podcast is to, to think back to um, episode five. Um is that we've, you know, yeah, we've we've gotten a lot closer to the autograph freaks 
um, than than we were then. I mean, I will say even then we got autographs too at the game. So I, I don't know. Maybe we were just freaks from the start and just couldn't couldn't acknowledge it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do you want to talk about this now, Jack, or do you want to like wrap up with that with the with our feelings about the freaks? Let's let's wrap up with it. Okay, all right, let's do that. So, um, so we're there, we're hanging out. These guys in front of us, we're trying to get Jordan Wicks. Um, I think everyone who's who's trying to get who's trying to get graphs with the Cubs uh, is trying to get Wicks because he, he's fresh meat um, uh, for sure. And these guys had like these like nice like eight by tens, like these um, uh, pictures uh, that they took of, of Wicks, and uh, they got him blown up and they get him signed and stuff. Um, so it was pretty cool. So they were like waiting to get that. Um, they said like that they saw him like in Rockford. I guess he played um, uh, like uh, independent ball last year during the the shutdown. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so they uh, would end up talking to him about that. But but yeah, so they were like looking for that. Um, while we were waiting, the bus driver yeah was was kind of walking around and like he kind of like he was like kind of a crotchety old guy like kind of looked like a vet a little bit. Um, he looked, and, uh, he looked like Rod Steiger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he kind of had that, like that just like, I don't know that like kind of tough guy, old guy, like look or something. Um, and he was like kind of getting the bus ready. Like when we got there, he opened the door up at one point and that's when we were like, Oh shit, is he going to keep this door open? And like, cause if you kept that door open, you, we, we really would have, almost got shut out like it, it, it would have been really easy for the players to kind of go by but the thing is like actually these guys were talking about this earlier i don't know if you caught this but like they were saying like yeah you know it was a nightmare the first couple of weeks of the stadium uh because like the bus driver was like parking far away and then he was the players would go over to sign and the bus driver was like get over here get over here like like don't stop keep going and like the players were like feeling confused about it, they're like, "What? Like, let me just sign for these guys. Like, who cares? Like, I think he was trying to. They they, they, got, they were doing an impression of the bus driver, and they're like, "No one's getting COVID. No one's bringing COVID onto my bus or any of that COVID nineteen onto my bus." Uh, and so like, I don't know. So I think it was it, it was tougher earlier in the year to get autographs there. Um, this guy could have been like that, but he was he was a little cooler. Um, but uh, I could tell he didn't really like the cut of our jib. I think if there's any more of us. He might have had to like throw down a little bit, um, but one thing that the bus driver did do, he did go inside at some point. He came back um, with the catering. So one thing about these games, uh, even it even happens at the Cubs games, um, the players leave with like a, a styrofoam tray of food. Like there's a spread out there. Um, they they probably put together a little food plate and then they bring it back to the hotel or whatever. Um, it's funny to see. It's definitely it makes sense for to see like a ball players do it, but it's funny to see major league players do it. But um, I think in, in in a ball they get like just a meal box basically. So earlier when we were driving up to Beloit, we saw this famous Dave's uh, catering truck come by, and it, famous Dave's is like a barbecue place that's predominantly in the suburbs here in Chicago. Um, we saw it heading up there, and I was wondering, I'm like, if they are they going to the game? Like maybe they're selling food there. And then we see the bus driver come out with like famous Dave's. So it was clear that like famous Dave's was driving up there to, to cater uh, the, uh, the Beloit uh, or the, uh, the, the locker room spread. Um, so these guys were walking out with, with food boxes from famous Dave's, which is cool. Uh, but the bus driver came out with his own box. I'm not sure if he gets one, but he, he, he got one. Um, so, uh, so he came out and Jack, I don't know if it was at this point or whatever, like a couple guys came out maybe. And we, maybe we got a couple autographs, but and then the bus driver came like went back in, I think at some point. And I, I swear he got like a second meal. <laughs> um, 
but he did say to us, he's like, he goes to us, and he's like, they're slow tonight, boys. And, uh, and like, it seemed like the guy was a little annoyed with how slow they were being. Cause probably cause he wanted to get out of there. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, but, but so, so for, for the times that he wasn't telling us like, you know, about that, he was sitting in his, uh, in the driver's seat, kind of hunched over the steering wheel and like just shoveling like coleslaw into his mouth from the, from the famous Dave's box. So he was, he was fucking manging on this food. He was chowing down and, uh, I swear he got two meals, but, um, but so he, at some point he was like, he was, he was annoyed with them not leaving, but I think at some point he just committed to the food and was like, oh, well, forget it, man. I'm just going to eat all this barbecue, whatever. Um, so whatever. So, so that happens. We're, we're still waiting for some players to come out. I guess a couple guys are coming out here or there. Um, we look over to our left and like, there's a family of like, there's like a dad maybe a grandma and like three kids or something. And they're like, they're like kind of rummaging through like the the grass and like the weeds next to the river and we were like what the hell are these people doing um yeah. it was odd and it yeah. turns out so jeremy speculated that they were looking for frogs that they, yeah, were, I, that they I, were frogging i <laughs> i think i even said like i'm gonna catch me a frog tonight for dinner or something well <laughs> ba- based on that. the uh you know the national anthem singer uh and like the uh just a lot of the music choices and like uh, even even the uh, the shitty uh, MC like the 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 uh, di- dialect that he was speaking in, you know, searching for frogs uh, in in bushes <laughs> di- didn't really seem like it would have been out of place uh, right. for for like a, a family of, of four. But uh, it, it turns out that they were looking for balls that yeah, had been we heard, hit. We we yeah. heard a girl say like, "I got one." And we all turned around. I was like, I thought she was going to have like a big fucking bullfrog in her hands. (laughs) And she was holding up a baseball. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, because during the game, like they follow a ball. They follow a ball off over to the left side of the field. It just goes in the grass or maybe into the river or whatever. And it's actually, I was like, okay, all right. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Like, it was actually kind of uh, genius that they were trying to get balls. I will say that, like, they still had like, like, trounce around in like this brush uh for these balls and it was like i don't know like i feel like there's probably like yeah like jack was saying like there there were a ton of fucking bugs flying around it's so, like feel like they probably like were getting bit up by mosquitoes and like, who knows what else if there there probably were frogs there and like turtles and maybe even a snake or something so it's like i don't know if i want to to suffer like to to brave those elements to try to get a ball but um, it was a it was a good way to get a ball, I guess. Yeah, well, let's be clear, Jeremy. Even though this was right by a baseball stadium, the the actual river part where these people were searching that's that was still all untouched wilderness. Yeah, um, for sure. And you're probably talking there's fucking like maybe ticks in here and stuff. Like, sure. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go there just to get a foul ball from a minor league game. No, thank you. Yeah, sure, sure. That's fair. That's fair. Um, speaking of uh insects and vermin um well a little bit not not this guy but uh jordan wicks came out <laughs> and now i should say and speaking of uh insects um he he ended up stepping so he signed for us he ended up stepping to the side and like signing through this like wrought iron fence that was next to the bus so it was a big fence like with like you know that you'd see on someone's lawn or something and he was signing through this fence uh, it was like a tall fence, but you know, but the bars were f- wide apart, so he could you could pass him something, and he would sign it. Uh, he was talking to the guys; they were signing. He was signing their card, their uh, their photos. I got a card signed by him, like a blank card, because he doesn't have actual baseball cards yet. Um, 
Jack got his uh, program signed by him, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a super nice guy, super friendly. That's that's kind of like the word that I've been hearing about uh, Jordan Wicks. Um, super happy to sign. The guys did say like, man, it was like wait till he gets some cards. He's, de- he's definitely going to be one per. Yeah, that's Which, that's the that's the lingo for these guys. That's the uh, the biggest condemnation a player can have if you're a, if you're an autograph freak is if, is if a guy is a, if he's a one per guy. Yeah, if he's one per, like it's like yeah, good luck. He's one per. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he was signing for guys. But one thing that we noticed about this fence before Jordan Wicks even came over was that there were these giant fucking like country spiders like all webbed up in between a lot of the bars. And so Jordan Wicks came over and was signing autographs. And, like, I was, like, at one point, like, I was kind of approaching him to get an autograph. And I was kind of sticking my hand through. And I'm, like, oh, shit, fucking spiders. Like, I just saw these crazy spiders. And so, like, yeah, so I was, like, freaking out. And I was I was worried that Jordan Wicks was going to, like, stick his hand through and get bit by a friggin' Black Widow or something. Yeah, yeah. And there then, there goes that $3 million signing bonus they gave him. Yeah, it, it like decays, like it, the the nerves in his arm decays, and then he never pitches again. Like that would be perfectly Cub. That would that would be definitely Cub. <laughs> That's Cub. Um, yeah, exactly. Bit by a black wit or a brown, by a brown recluse, and uh, he loses all nerve uh, endings in his pitching hand and is forced to retire. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he signed for these guys. Um, and Jack, at one point they were asking him about uh, their uh, a guy. Um, a teammate that was with him in, in on Rockford, and then I guess also played with him in, in Kansas at Kansas State. Yeah, they were like, uh, yeah, yeah. How's my boy Dom doing? And then uh, Wicks went, well, he's uh, you know he's he's something. And then uh, yeah. and then the guy went, uh, the autograph freak was like, yeah, when he was in Rockford, he was trying to hook up with every girl on Tinder. And then Wicks was like, oh yeah, of course. Like he was just uh, <laughs> like Wicks was he was a cool guy, man. He was just kind of rolling with the punches, just talking talking to these guys and stuff. And he even like downplayed his time in Rockford. He was like, yeah, I was only there for like a month, and then you know the whole COVID situation or whatever. But he was just uh, yeah, he was cool, super super laid back guy. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of funny. It was just yeah, it was just very, just very like. Of course, that's Dom. Like, yeah, I think the guy said, like, hey, we got to talk about your buddy Dom. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he certainly is something. And, uh, yeah, see, he, he just sounded like – I couldn't tell if he was just like, yep, that's just Dom being Dom. Or, like, or he's – it almost sounded like he was like, yeah, that guy's a bit much. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you look at that, that guy's picture, too, the guy is what, a, looks like a bit much. What was his name again, Jack? Dom what? Dominic uh, what? I don't, I don't remember, and I, I almost – it's not almost not, not worth looking up right now, but he, um, yeah, it was Just not something people. he was definitely, you can, you can find him on the Kansas. He's probably still on Kansas state actually. Um, uh, there, Dom Hughes, Dom, Dom Hughes. Hughes that's right. Yeah. 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 He's like a sophomore now, I think. And his numbers are, five, his numbers are not good. Five, nine, one seventy. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> um, you said, potential micro guy. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, you know, awaiting visual confirmation. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so that happened. Um, I you know we got a we got a good good amount of autographs. Got Bailey Horn. Got a couple of other guys on the Cubs. One guy that I wanted to get was Johendrick Pinango, who also was not there with the Cubs um, when uh, I saw them uh, back in uh, August or whatever. Um, he's um, he's climbed his way up to the top thirty of the Cubs prospects, and he was one of the last guys to come out. And um, I went and I. I I handed him my autograph. He he looked like he didn't want to sign. Um, he was like I said, one of the last guys to come out and just like kind of looked like 
I, I'm sure he doesn't speak English very well. Like just he 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 kind of didn't want to be there. Like didn't want to sign, but he he did stop and sign. I handed him my my pen, my my uh, sharpie, and he like dropped it right away. Or like the cap the cap was on it, but like not fully on it, so that he he ended up dropping it, and he kind of like stood back. And he's like, "What the hell, man?" And um, then I had to like hand it to him again. But I think like when I handed it to him, like he got some of the Sharpie on his hand and he like stopped and he like looked at his hand kind of like he was fucking pissed about it. And then he like reluctantly signed my 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 blank card. And then he went and he signed Jack's card or Jack's uh, program. And I think he was pissed about he's still pissed about me. And he kind of signed it kind of wildly. Yeah, he signed it with a flourish, like hugely. And he actually got it over Jose Alberto's autograph a little bit, which was <laughs> strange. Um, Jeremy, you know, thankfully, it seems like Jose Alberto's is not going to amount to really anything. So No, um, and he pitched He pitched uh, on Sunday after we saw him, and he gave up like four runs in one inning or something. So. Okay, well, it, not like, sure about that guy. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get it over DJ Hers or Jordan Wicks or, uh, you know, Bailey, Bailey Horn. So the, all those guys, their autographs are pristine. But, uh, yeah, he, he fucked up Alberto's just a little bit, uh, Pinyangos did. So it's like, yeah, both Pinyangos and his autographs are a little fucked up now, which is kind of disappointing. But they're on yeah. there. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, as, and so as we were walking away, so another guy came over. I think one of the, the kids who was, like, over by Beloit who told us, like, where to go, he came over and he was talking to us. And uh, he was pretty nice. Um I was asking him a little bit about like some of the Beloit guys if they sign, um, but he definitely said he's like, yeah, you know. I asked him about Victor Victor Mesa because that was the guy who played in this game. Who was like at one point that when he signed with the Marlins, he was the number one international free agent, so kind of a big deal. Um, he's kind of declined a little bit in his prospect status. I think he's even out of the top thirty for the Marlins, which is kind of crazy. I have to look at that again. I don't know if I read that wrong, but. Kind of crazy, but he was like, yeah, he'll sign, you know, he'll sign, you know, if you catch him. He'll only sign here, though. He won't sign before the game or, you know, in the parking lot or whatever. He'll only sign right by the doors. And he's like, but, you know, he's, he's kind of like a one per guy, you know. Um, and so, like, yeah, it's like, you know, one per person, which um, I think is totally fine. Oh, yeah. He, he, he wasn't like – the kid wasn't like – damning him from that but it's just it's like uh, it's like something that you must disclose about a player it's like he's he's a strictly one per guy so don't try to get him to sign eight cards but um i think i do think like i think that that's where the difference between autograph freaks and like and graphers or the autograph enthusiast or the autograph seeker is is like i mean i'm perfectly content to get one card signed for my collection i'm not trying to resell them i'm not trying to put them on ebay um at best like you know i think maybe some people i think sometimes people trade autographs which is is fair um but like it seems like when you're getting eight autographs signed you're gonna put seven or eight of them on ebay which is bullshit because these players are like not getting paid a lot they're they're fucking you know trying to make a, a living and like these guys are like you know making money off of them um uh, and it's that's kind of bogus uh but but i i have to say that in our time that in my time uh going to games i've i've met some like nice guys like you were saying jack like they're generally like helpful and like they're not like gatekeeper they're not they're not like you know it's like if you say like oh well where's like those guys could have been like we could have been like hey where's the south bend they're like uh yeah yeah i don't know man i don't know i don't know where they come out sorry you know i guess they could have been like that but they were actually helpful you know oh yeah they weren't like yeah i can't go i can't give out that information to the public (laughs) right yeah like the uh like the uh fake security guard guy right um 
yeah, so they, you know, they never, uh, the autograph uh, freaks, they never, they never steered us wrong, um, you know, and generally they seem, uh, they seem cool with other people who are enthusiastic to get, to get autographs, so, uh, you know, I get, from going, from here on out, I, uh, you know, they're, they're all right in my book, it's almost like kind of, it's almost like kind of a brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, I think it's a way to put it, um, the guys, uh, the guys that I've met um, have been pretty cool, and like, they've been like, kind of welcoming like in a in a kind of like melodroit sort of way that they probably are just in general they've been fairly cool um so i got no complaints i mean i think there are some like kind of creepos like who like try to get eight cards signed or like old guys who send their kids to get autographs and then they take the card it's like fuck those guys but there's they're just with anything else there's like you know there's uh it's not black or white there's some that are cool some are are, are assholes. Um, so like if anything, there's been a, um, there's been an arc here from episode five to episode one thirty five, um, where we've, uh, we, we, we respect the, uh, the autograph freaks, I guess. Yeah. It took 130 episodes, but, uh, <laughs> but there we are. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Jack, uh, just really quick before we're, we're, we're way over time here, but, uh, you know, some of the guys that we saw in the game, uh, uh, Penango, uh, Alexander Canario, who came over in the, uh, Bryant trade, Bryce Ball came over for Jock Peterson was there. Uh, Bryce Windham looked kind of good at third base, even though he like is listed as a catcher. Um, the, the catcher for South Bend was Pablo Aliando, who's, who just cracked the top 10 or top 30 uh, of Cubs prospects. Liam Spence was a draft pick this year, uh, from Australia. Um, and then uh, Chris Clark is on the list too, the starting pitcher. He kind of, he had kind of a rough outing, but his his line doesn't look that bad. Uh, seven runs or seven innings, three runs, four Ks, no walks. Gave up eight hits though. Um, so uh, he, he they left him in there for a while. Uh, the Beloit didn't really have too many guys to to comment on other than Victor Victor Mesa. Yuri uh, Perez uh, turns out Jeremy the pitcher, the starting pitcher for the uh, the uh, Snappers. He um, yeah he was six eight. We had no idea that he was their number six prospect, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was a surprise. Um, like Mesa was uh, the guy who you know got you in there, and then Mesa was the guy who made you stay. Um, but uh, Mesa was uh, uh, two for four. Uh, with two doubles and uh, two RBIs and runs scored. Uh, he looked pretty good uh, in the game, and I think he's going to be like a, a, a hitter for average, maybe not so much for power. But, yeah, Yuri Perez looked darn good, and uh, we there was no uh, gun that we could see, so we don't know how fast he was throwing, but he was pumping it in there. Uh, ended up giving up only one uh, hit, no runs over five innings, and uh, struck out four. Yeah, and so, he was, um, he's only 18, too. Yeah, crazy. So definitely that guy is going to be someone to look for, Yuri Perez, E-U-R-Y Perez. And there was another Yuri Perez, uh, but this is uh, clearly not the same guy. So, um, so yeah, always cool to see prospects and to keep track of them. Um, I was looking at some of our old games, and, like, there's some guys like Bailey Ober we saw with the Colonels who's, like, pitching in the majors now. Um, these guys are starting to make it. So uh, around uh, maybe episode uh, – you know, 280, 300, <laughs> we might see, uh, we might see Yuri Perez maybe sooner than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt. May, maybe may well be. Um, but yeah, like Jeremy said, we're, we're over time now, so we, we should probably wrap it up. Um, so we'll try to maybe get to one more game this year. We'll see. Um, but season season's wrapping up. The regular season is coming to a close. Um, so for this episode, I am Jack Swakowski and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.